With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. If so, it's time to adopt God's philosophy of grace. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to keep us from understanding who we really are. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to deceive us concerning our real identity. I don't know if anybody else is following what I'm saying, but do you understand? My life is dead in Christ, and I am living now through his life. How you gonna call yourself a family? How you gonna give up? How you gonna cave and quit? How you gonna doubt? How you gonna wonder if you're gonna make it? How you how you how you ever wonder if you're gonna be a failure when your life is dead? This is not about you. This your life is dead, and in Him you move and breathe and live. You have to see your life in Him and your life no more, and that takes. transformation is real repentance and real repentance glory to God is changing the mind to line up with God's word now if you do that behavior will change you cannot behave the same you cannot continue to think in line with the word and believe in line with the word and behave out of line with the word no way there is no way you can do that all right so check it out you and i know people who say i'm saved and they're living some kind of perverted life okay you're saved you did all of the actions of being born again you gave your heart to jesus you accept him as your Lord and personal Savior. So in a sense, I'll agree you're saved. But I want to go from saved to transformation. Now that you're saved, be transformed. Now that you're saved, be transformed. Because when you get saved, you want to give God the glory. So now that you're saved, be transformed. See, you don't get saved and celebrate your conversion and then after a week you've gotten saved, you, you, you lusting again, you, you, you doing all of the things. It, it creeps back on you. Why? Because you hadn't. You, you, be saved 
And as soon as you get saved, be transformed. How do you get transformed? Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Now, here is what the enemy has made a philosophy in the church world today. People don't read their Bible. People don't read their Bible. You better believe me when I say this. I am always seem like I'm, I'm always at the result of some person who don't read their Bible. They don't read their Bible. What they do is they, like a magnet, attract religion to themselves. It's amazing to me. Have you ever had little kids that you say all this good around them, and as soon as they hear a cuss word on TV, that's the one that's the thing they pick up the quick, quick, and they, and they go around and just be saying it. Just, I'm like, whoa, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, all, all of the good stuff I talk, why don't you, you say that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like a magnet, man, Satan was just trying to pull the things to you that you don't need. So what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to read. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to feed on the Word. I'm a Christian, I don't want to listen to no tapes. I'm a Christian, I don't want to come to church. I'm a Christian, I don't feel like hearing pastor teach. I'm a Christian. And see, here's the thing, even with teaching, I go to church, but I don't feel like being bored. Well, how many shows can we give you before we have to actually deal with you thinking the wrong way? I mean, what really? Do I have to come out and do flips, do fire rings and smoke just to get your attention, only to lose it when I start trying to teach the devil out of you? We got to get your mind lined up with the Word. We got to get your mind lined up with what the world calls the boring scriptures. They're trying to say the Bible is outdated. This book is this book is not the book doesn't have a date. It came from God. I mean, He is eternal past and eternal future. What, what is that? His thoughts in. He inspired men to write it down. It was God breathed, I think that means. He, God breathed that word into men, and they wrote it on paper so we can benefit from it. The most powerful book on the planet, and the enemy has a philosophy that says, don't read, don't study, and any preacher that preaches scripture like this, don't go. You just want to show. <laughs> you can't renew your mind with stuff you don't understand. Amen. That's why he said, in all thy getting, get understanding. Why? So you can change the way you think. Change the way you think. Transformation takes place. Transformation is the fruit of a renewed mind. Now, I... I See if I wrote that down there. Yeah. Real repentance involves a continuous renewing of the mind. Real repentance. You know how some churches say, well, they, they need to teach on repentance more. What they're trying to say is they need to they need to transform their behavior. But real repentance is a continuous transforming of your mind. You're doing that all the time. 
You're continuously asking yourself, what does the word have to say about this situation that I'm in? What does the word have to say about this circumstance that I'm in? What does the word have to say about this information I just heard about? What does the word have to say? What does the word have to say? Are you trying to be spiritually deep? No. You're trying to keep your mind in line with the word so that your life will stay in line with the word. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's real Bible repentance. Now, so what does this have to do with the glory? Uh, I think about what we just said now. Real repentance is a continuous renewing of the mind. Every day. Every day. Renewing the mind is not a one-time event. Renewing the mind is like, okay, I've renewed my mind. Bam, I'm through. No, you're not. Renewing the mind is a continuous lifetime process. Repentance is a continuous changing of the mind so you can continue to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the number one prayer people pray. Show me your will. He says, I can't. If you keep renewing your mind, if you keep believing in line with my word, you will have the evidence. That's what proof is, is evidence. You'll have evidence of a renewed mind. Praise God. You'll have evidence of a renewed mind. Now, I'll say, okay, like, I got that, God. Now, what is the major area of focus? That's the key for our life, focus. What is the major focus that I need to be Targeting my renewing of my mind. What do I need to be consistently looking at to renew my mind? Help me, Lord, with this. Uh, go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to keep us from understanding who we really are. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to deceive us concerning our real identity. So what he says is, I do not want you to renew your mind concerning who you are. I don't want you to renew your mind. Think about it. You went in a sinner. You came out a Christian. So who are you? So he's got to keep you blind to who you are. It's like, dude, you woke up, you got Superman powers, and you don't even know it, and you're walking everywhere. You could be flying. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know who you are. So let me keep you from ever thinking in line with who you really are. I think I used a, uh, an example one time about Tarzan. Tarzan. You remember him, Tarzan and the Apes? Left out in the jungle, act like an ape, tried to do everything like apes did, until one day he was drinking water and saw his ref- he, he saw some humans, and uh, one day he saw his reflection and realized he wasn't an ape, 
and he quit acting like an ape. The whole time he thought it was an ape. The whole time he thought it was an ape until he saw he wasn't an ape. The devil wants you to, for your whole life, to act like just a plain human. Until I can show you, you're not just a plain human. Does everybody follow what I'm saying? So the focus of the renewed mind needs to be, look at this verse of scripture, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. All right, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery that's among the Gentiles? And he's going to go tell us which is Christ in you, the hope or earnest expectation of glorious manifestation. Okay, so check out what he just said. He said, now here's the mystery when you got born again. Christ, when you got saved, moved in you. Oh, my goodness. Now, you got to now, you have to now change the way you think about you. Christ is in me. The earnest expectation of manifestation of all the finished works of Jesus. Christ is in me. Look at what I'm renewing my mind with. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Baby, need a pair of shoes. Watch this. Christ is in me. Doctor just said I'm sick. Christ is in me. What happens when you don't renew your mind to Christ is in you? You're going to always go to your limited self. And you will never see provisions in your limited self. And you now compare yourself amongst yourself. And so now you keep seeing yourself like everybody else sees themselves. And you're not renewed to you ain't there by yourself no more. The mystery is I've got to change my thinking. It is not just me, but Christ in me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the, the plant closed down. I need another job. You think Christ in me. Oh, y'all, don't, y'all got to hear what I'm saying here. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. All kinds of stuff going on in your life. But Christ in me. The most neglected area of renewing the mind is this. We won't consistently, automatically go to this. Christ in me is the expectation that I have of everything being all right. He is the root. Christ is the root in me. So through him, I can do all things. Through him, I can have all things. Through him, I am not limited. Through him, I can I can I, I, I cannot be defeated. Through him, because you you have such a conscious awareness that that everything that could possibly happen to me can be defeated through the Christ that lives on the inside of me. Everything that could possibly go wrong can be corrected through the Christ that was on the inside of me. Your attitude should be to any devil. You don't know that I know. 
You don't know that I know. What did the devil do on two occasions, on two occasions, that he attacked two Adams? The first Adam and the last Adam. What did he do with both of them? He showed up with the first Adam questioning his identity. Questioning his identity. If you eat this, you'll be like God. He was already like God. He showed up with Jesus in the, in the wilderness and said, if thou be the son of God. He's a questioning, trying to get you to doubt your true identity. And in this time, he's using philosophy. He's using philosophy to try to get you to think you're just a man. And if you say anything else, the rest of the world will dog you out. I remember, and I don't know when it was, uh, I preached a sermon about you are God. Ooh, they came after me. Oh, they came after me. Who does he think he is telling people he ain't God? Well, listen, I know I'm not God, but I come from God's stock. I come from God's stock. You're trying to keep me to operate like a mere man, and God's trying to get me to accept the same identity he tried to get the first Adam. He took the first Adam, breathed into him the nostrils, his nostrils, the breath of life, and he became another speaking spirit just like God. And God's like trying to show this dude, dude, do you know who you are? Name the animal so you can see who you are. And everything that he named, that it was what he called them. He says, you don't understand. He's trying to show this man who he is. Amen. Why? Because you no longer have to try to sweat to try to get something to happen in your own effort. Why? Because Christ in you. Yeah. Christ lives on the inside of you. Yeah. He's on the inside of you. He's right here. Christ is on the inside of you. So no matter what you face, Christ is in me. Amen. And I, I think that. I believe that. Guess what my life is going to be like? But watch this. How is it that this is going to happen? You ain't renewed your mind. You don't know who you are. I am a, watch this, you say it all the time, I'm a Christian. What makes you a Christian? You see what I'm doing with words, right? What makes you a Christian? What makes you a Christian? Are you a Christian because you come to church? No. Are you a Christian because you pray? No. Are you a Christian because all of the things that Christians do? No. So what makes you a Christian? Christ. Christ living in you. The only reason you are a Christian is because Christ lives in you, which makes you a Christian. But your mind, your mind is, is being distracted away from who you are, and if he can take you from who you are, he can take you away from who you have. Ooh, this thing blew up on the inside of me, and all of a sudden, well, it wasn't all of a sudden, it's been 30 years or so more. Dear God, but something so special, you'll see in a moment, Christ is in me. Don't care, don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what ain't showed up yet. I don't care what hurt. I don't care what nothing. You see what I'm saying? Christ in me is my expectation. Christ in me is why I expect results. Christ in me is why I expect results. 
see what I'm saying? It's, it's Christ in me. It's, 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 it's a man coming to grip that he is possessed. And I don't, I don't, I've known this head knowledge for over 30 years. I've known this head knowledge for over 30 years. But you know, one word from God will change everything. And I'm laying that, and he, he ministers this revelation in me. He said, I don't care what the situation is. I am in you, and you have the covenant promise that I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Woo, and I started reading what, what, wait, wait till what we get. I'm, I'm just trying to sow this into you. Then he went ahead and said, therefore, what have you been made to do? What have you been made to do? I'm in you and I'm working the works. So if I'm doing everything, what, what, are, what have you been made to do? What you going to do now? If I'm the one that's in you and I'm doing the work, what you do? And I said, well, I'm, I, I preach. He said, no. He said, I created you to fulfill this one will. Once, I, once I'm inside of you, here's the will. Be thankful and give thanks. Okay, Lord, you're saying my whole life, with the will of God for my whole life, is what? He says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm your, I am now. <laughs> I am now your whole life. You are living through. Does this make sense? You're living through my life now. My life is now your life. Your life is dead in Christ. And it is him that lives. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody else is following what I'm saying, but it, it, do you understand? My life is dead in Christ. And it, I am living now through his life. How are you going to call yourself a failure? How are you going to give up? How are you going to cave and quit? How are you going to doubt? How are you going to wonder if you're going to make it? How are you, how you, how you ever wonder if you're going to be a failure when your life is dead? This is not about you. This Your life is dead, and in him you move and breathe and live. And you have your very being because your mind has been renewed. We must be aware of the negative influence the world's philosophy and way of thinking and vain deceit can have on us. The philosophy we accept has everything to do with what enters our mind. How? Well, as I share in today's offer, the philosophy of grace, what we think about eventually enters into our heart. Now, how is this relevant in your everyday life? Well, if you're, if you're sick, what's your philosophy or belief system about healing? Do you believe the doctor's report, or do you believe God's word, which says, by his stripes, you are healed? Take a moment to get this dynamic ministry tool today. Not only will it empower you to change your philosophy about what is or is not true, it will change your world.
it appears to me that we can no longer afford to skip first base in our transformation. And first base in our transformation is real repentance. And real repentance, glory to God, is changing the mind to line up with God's word. You are not going to see the fruit of transformation without changing the root of your thinking. How you think about a thing determines how you live. If you want to change the way you live, you got to change the way you think. The Philosophy of Grace, one of Creflo Dollar's most timely series, breaks down the blessings that come when you allow yourself to have a new mind in Christ. This five-message series shows you how to replace fear and uncertainty with personal confidence and assurance as a child of God. You'll also learn how to apply the Word of God and truth to every challenging situation you face. Relationships, financial problems, and stress all look different when your philosophy is rooted in God's grace. When you order today, we'll also send you a mighty companion, Grace for Life. It's a mini book that will give you the insight to recognize wrong thinking and the grace to embrace the blessings God has provided. When you change your mind, you can change your life. Receive the entire package for a love gift of $45 or more. Or for a gift of any amount, start your daily transformation with the mini book, Grace for Life. Do you want to know the one thing that always guarantees your victory every time? It's the presence of God. But in order to experience the benefit of his presence, you must be assured that he'll never leave you or forsake you. To empower you to do that, I'm making available to you this free offer today titled, The Power of God's Presence. Now, when you truly begin to practice the presence of God, it will begin manifestation in your life. You're one decision away from wholeness, deliverance, healing, and financial success. So be sure to obtain your free copy of this message today. Supplies are limited, so be sure to call to request your copy of Creflo Dollar's teaching, The Power of God's Presence, today. It reveals how to develop a deep, abiding relationship with Almighty God and will catapult you to a whole new level in life. A question came in from our social media, and it says, Dr. Dollar, I'm afraid of a lot, especially this time of year. Is fear a sin? Uh, now, listen to me very carefully. Uh, worry is negative meditation on the wrong thing. And worry is fear-based. And you know, worry is a sin. Now, let me tell you what a sin is. It's missing the mark. It's when God has the best, and we keep, you know, taking something that, uh, you know, is not God's best. When you miss the mark, that's called sin. And the Bible makes it very clear that we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So to walk in fear, we miss the mark of walking in love. To walk in fear means we miss the mark of walking in power, walking in a sound mind. So don't allow religion to give you a definition of sin. Sin is just when you miss the mark. Thank God for Jesus, because when Jesus uh, uh, died for our sins, uh, he took everybody's missing the mark on his on his own body, took care of it. And so the deal is we're not going to be judged for missing the mark because Jesus was judged for us and in our place. 
But at the same time, there are consequences for us making a decision to go a different way other than God's best. I hope that helps you out a lot. Keep those questions coming in, and we'll continue to feed you the Word of God. The teaching of the grace of God and the righteousness of God will not set people free to sin. What it will do is it will set people free from the dominion of sin. Any person who has Jesus on the inside of them has the fullness of the Godhead bodily inside of them. You are dead to the law, free from the law, not under the law. Christ is the end of the law. The gospel is an invitation to happiness. The gospel of God's grace is an invitation to joy. Whatever I need in life, grace has already provided. We thank the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries for making this program possible. The scripture says in Mark 6.13, And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. For your donation of $25 or more to help the Word Network reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ, we would love to send you this vial of pure olive oil from Israel. Use it when you pray for others, believing that healing is ours if we'll simply have faith and trust the Word of God. Your partnership is very much needed and appreciated, so be sure to call, write, or go online today. The phone number is 855-730-WORD. That's 855-730-9673. Write us at Word Network Church, 2733 West 10 Mile Road, Southfield, Michigan. That's 2733 West 10 Mile Road, Southfield, Michigan, 48075. Or simply go online to thewordnetwork.org and click on the Donate button. Your Word Network is adding new distribution channels weekly. And together, we're going to bring the gospel to a hurting world. It's nagging you, and you're spending your time looking in the rearview mirror of life. It's time to take that rearview mirror off and say, Lord, I give this thing of the past to you. Catch the inspiration of Joseph Prince next on The Word Network. You're watching the largest African-American religious network in the world. We are The Word Network. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. God wants you to reign! Today with Joseph Prince. Jesus bore all our sins. He who knew no sin became sin. How can he become sin without doing sin? He received our sins. How can you and I today become righteous? Doing no righteousness, we receive His righteousness. At the cross, Jesus got everything our sins deserve. Today, you and I get everything His righteousness deserves. Friends, God is not looking at you to judge you. He does not look at the offerer. He looks at the offering. Let God lead you, and He will bless your steps and fill your paths with favor. 
Today, as a thank you for your gift of any amount, we will send you Joseph's brand new two-sermon audio series, New Day, New Way, as well as a bonus gift, the Glorious Grace 2016 Wall Calendar. Learn powerful principles of how God can guide you from within in all your major decisions, as well as everyday choices. Also available today for a specific gift is a collection with Joseph's latest hardback book, Grace Revolution. My friend, grace is setting people free to live victorious life. If you are sick and tired of living life defeated, crushed, and discouraged, I want to inspire you with the power of God's grace. This collection also includes the Right Believing Capsule and other exciting resources. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. Now, the reason why did Jesus turn? Because, friends, in the Old Testament, even Moses cannot see God's face. He was always, God only showed him his back part. No, you can only see my back part. Because in the Old Testament, God was always going. God was always leading. But Jesus has come. And Jesus stopped. And he turned around because he wanted her to behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, under grace, we have a face-to-face intimacy with Jesus. He cannot let her steal away a blessing because if she takes away the blessing quietly, whatever cost her that sickness is still there. Jesus wanted her to know he wants her to have the healing. You know what? The Bible tells us, if you study carefully, she's the only woman in the Gospels Jesus addressed as my daughter. My daughter, your faith made you well. Go in peace. Now, Greek scholars, go in peace here is not the usual word for go in peace. Shalom, go in peace. It's not that. It is go into Ais. Go into peace. Jesus told her, your faith made you well. Now, go into Shalom and remain well. She's still already going to peace about my love for you, about how I want you to have this healing. Remain in peace, and you will stay well. Hallelujah. Now, don't forget this prophetic picture. The, the woman is the church. Amen? The church. God wants you to see the, His glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But don't forget, Jairus' daughter, Israel. So someone came and said, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. And Jairus was so sad. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. I got a message. With all these fears that's looming over Israel. Nothing is new. Nothing is new under the sun. Let me tell you what Jesus is saying. Don't be afraid. I want to say a word to our Jewish friends who are staying here, dwelling in Israel. Be not afraid. Only believe. And then Jesus continued into Jairus' house. Do you remember who he brought with him into the house? There were professional malls. He put them all outside. And he brought Peter, James, and John, and the parents. The girl has died, 12-year-old girl. Now, 12 is a number of dispensations, order, government. All right, we saw the 12 for the woman typifies the church. Now, this 12 typifies young Israel. Because you know what? Israel is very young now in the day and age that we live in. Have you seen them in Jerusalem? 
running around the streets, laughing, that's Jairus' daughter. I turn to my pastor and say, Jairus' daughter. Amen. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus brought Peter, James, and John. Peter, his name means stone. James, Yaakov in Hebrew, means supplant or replace. John, Yohanan means God's grace. The stone has been replaced by God's grace. That's the message Israel needs to hear. And you know what he said to the, to the girl? He threw his talit over the girl. He threw the talit and he says this, literally, talita, which is talit, talita kumi. Young damsel, I say unto you, under the talit, arise. In other words, listen carefully. This talit is a symbol of his righteousness. I mean, the Pharisees make broad the borders of their talit. They have an extra big tassel size, a blue tassel. They have to walk around like that. They make broad their phylacteries. They have to walk like that. They point to something. So when you come to Israel, you turn the water into wine. Amen. So the talit is a picture of what? His righteousness. Watch this. To raise Israel from the dead. And not only Israel, this young generation in America, in Russia, in the islands, in Holland, in Singapore, all over the world, there is a new generation. I said there is a new sound, a new generation. Thank God for Dr. Paul and Jen, because they see in Matt a new generation, in Matt and Laurie, a new generation. How will we raise the new generation from the dead? People say they are hopeless. They are too steep into social media. They have no heart for God. They are leading churches. It's because they are hearing the law. Do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. They are hearing the law. But you know what? If we'll just take the rope of His righteousness, throw it over them. Take Peter, James, and John with you. The stone has been replaced by grace. Preach that message and see this young generation. See Israel come alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you just say? I don't know. But it's good. Let me finish. Let me bring this to a close. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus brought the same Peter, James, John up the mountain because Moses went up a mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And there, at the mount, Elijah appeared. He represents the prophets. Moses appeared. He represents the law. And Peter spoke. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three Sukkot, you know, booths. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. One for the law, one for the prophets, one for grace. God the Father spoke. This is my beloved son. Hear him, not them. You cannot put grace on the same platform, on the same level as the law and the prophets. The law points to him, the prophets point to him. 
And the moment Peter presumed to put them on the same level, you don't find Moses anymore, you don't find Elijah. They backed away. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, you would have thought they are trembling. All three of them are trembling, thanks to Peter. So they're all trembling. Now watch, the father just said, the father in his glory from the excellent majesty just spoke and said, listen to him. I wonder what he would say, what Jesus would say. They are trembling. And Jesus touched them and said, don't be afraid. Arise. No commands. Grace. When he came down the mountain, the Bible tells us when Jesus came down the mountain, the people ran towards Jesus. And they were amazed because I believe there's still that glow. But do you remember when Moses came down the mountain? The people ran away from him with the two stones. The Bible says the people ran away from him. He had to call them back. Why? Because the glory on Moses' face was the glory of the Lord. It was fading away. But the glory on Jesus' face is ever increasing. Moses' glory was the glory of the Lord that says, You have failed. You have failed. The curse is coming. You have failed. You have failed. Condemnation is coming. Expect bad things to happen. So the people ran. When Jesus came down, grace says, Your sins are put away. Your sins are put away. Your sins are put away. Expect good things. Amen, church. Ooh, I love to preach on this. Second mm. Corinthians 3 verse 9 tells us, you know, we talk about revivals of times past. But look at this, we say, this revival, that revival, many revivals were characterized by preaching against sin. Would you agree with me? In the past, strong preaching against sin. Now, God did not say those revivals had no glory. Look at what God says. For the ministry of condemnation had glory. There was glory. In the old, that kind of preaching against sin, there was glory. Never say there's no glory. There's glory. The glory of Moses. But watch this. If the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds, exceeds much more in glory. You ain't seen nothing yet. The end time preaching of the gospel of grace will have a glory that goes from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Many of the ministry of condemnation, the revivals never last. It's based on human effort. There was some glory, but we ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm so glad we are in these last days. Amen. Let me just tell you this. To empower your people, just remember the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And they threw her in front of Jesus and the Pharisees said, Master or Rabbi, Rabbi, we caught her in the act of adultery. Moses says such should be stoned. What do you say? Now, from what I know, in Singapore, adultery takes two. Where was the man? I think it was one of them. Now, if Jesus said, don't stone her, they will say, uh-huh, you are breaking Moses' law. If Jesus says, stone her, all the people will be confused because he preaches on God's love. Jesus did not answer. And he stooped down and with his finger, 
he wrote on the ground. Now, you've been to the southern steppes, all right? You've been in the vicinity of, of Jerusalem, the mountain. They have uncovered some things. Everything in the temple precinct, when this story happened, Jesus was teaching in the temple. And the ground was not earth ground. It was stony ground. So Jesus did not answer, but with his finger, come on. With his finger, he wrote on stone. Look at this. With his finger, he wrote on stone. And he's, in essence, by his action, he's saying, you presume to tell me the law? I am the one who gave the law. And Jesus stood up and he said, He that is without sin among you, cast the first stone. Now, did he break Moses' law? No. He upheld it. Cast the first stone. But the first one must be the one without sin. And one by one they left. Beginning with the oldest. I don't know why the oldest. Looks like it doesn't get better when you grow older. One by one they left. Now, the Pharisees would have stoned her if they could. But they could not. Jesus, on the other hand, could stone her because he was without sin. But he would not. And leading Jesus and the woman, he looked at her and said, Woman, where are those who accuse you? And she looked around and said, No man, Lord. Now listen, Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now wait, the church has it in reverse. The church says, Go and sin no more. Then we'll give you the gift of no condemnation. No wonder there is no power. No wonder there is no love for Jesus. Jesus first gave that woman the gift of no condemnation, which empowered her to go and sin no more. We are in the last days, folks. The gospel is being restored. You know, the Bible tells us that God will raise pastors and shepherds in the last days to preach this message. In Jeremiah 23, it tells us that God says, Woe be to the shepherds that divide and scatter my sheep. God says in verse 4, I'll set up shepherds over them who will feed them. Not beat them, feed them. And they will fear no more. Three things will happen. God will raise shepherds in these last days that will feed you. Amen. Many of them are here today. And they will feed you. And three things will happen. The people will fear no more, nor be discouraged, nor be lacking. When will this happen? And what is the message? Keep on reading. The next verse, it tells us the days are coming. God will raise up to David a branch of righteousness, the Messiah. In his days, Judah will be safe, and Israel dwells safely. This is his name by which he will be called. What is the message that will cause people to fear no more, nor be discouraged, nor be lacking? The Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah, Yahweh, Sid Kenu. The Lord, our, this is the message that will feed the people. When will this happen, Pastor? The next verse. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But they will say, as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country. That is our generation. It's our generation, Matt. The north country is Russia. The moment you see the Jewish people come back from the north country, this is the time the Lord our righteousness, the message of grace will be restored to the church and God will raise up shepherds who will feed the people and the people will fear no more, nor be discouraged, nor be lacking. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
2,000 years ago, on that cross, Jesus bore all our sins. He who knew no sin became sin. How can he become sin without doing sin? He received our sin. How can you and I today become righteous? Doing no righteousness, we receive his righteousness. At the cross, Jesus got everything our sins deserved. Today, you and I get everything his righteousness deserves. Friends, God is not looking at you to judge you. Even in ancient Israel, they brought the lamb when they sinned. And this is the final close, okay? This is the final, final close. Ancient Israel brought the lamb. The priest representing the eyes of God. He does not look at the offerer. He looks at the offering. It's not a question of how good the offerer is. It's a question of how good his lamb is. He examines not the offerer. It's obvious why he is there. Today we are examining ourselves. God says, examine your lamb. See how good he is. And how is our lamb, folks? How is our lamb, folks? All those watching at home, how is, that, how is your lamb? He examines the lamb and he gives the okay. All right, the offerer kills the lamb. All right, and the lamb burns on the altar of burnt offering. Now watch this. The lamb is innocent, but when you lay hands on the lamb, all your sins transfer into the lamb. All the spotlessness and righteousness of the lamb goes into you. Can you see this? All right? Now the lamb gets what you deserve. Fires of judgment. And you walk away with the blessing of God that Jesus deserves. The righteousness of God in Christ. Watch this short video up here. Your own home, 
maybe you are incarcerated, whatever the case is, we need to know that God loves you. You're not watching this by chance. And my friend, TBN is bringing you this special news because God loves you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. God is not holding your sins against you. Come home, son of God. Come home, daughter. You've gone away too long. Come home. Out there, it's so cold. In the Father's house, there's bread enough and to spare. Take one step towards God, and God will run towards you. The Father will run to you, and He will lavish His kisses on you. Wherever you are right now, you say, Pastor, that's what I want. Pray this prayer right now. I'm not asking you to embrace a religion. I'm asking you to embrace Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the reality. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, the true Lamb that has taken away all my sins at the cross. I receive now your gift of righteousness. And I thank you from this day forth. You hear my prayer. You treat me as a righteous man because of Jesus' gift of righteousness in my life. Jesus is my Lord. Amen, amen. Friend, if you pray that prayer, you're now a child of God. All things have passed away. All things in your life have become new. And all things are of God. Hallelujah. And friends, He's coming back for us. Very soon, He's coming back for us. Lift up your head. The King is coming. The King is coming. If you have just prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want to welcome you to a new life filled with the goodness and abundant grace of Jesus. To help you begin this journey, we would like to bless you with an ebook titled The One Thing, 31-Day Devotional by Pastor Joseph Prince. Receive daily bite-sized inspirations of the favor, healing, and provision that God has for you. Simply log on to josephprince.org salvation and download your free copy today. Get ready to experience the amazing love of God. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. You have watched highlights of a sermon by Joseph Prince. To order an audio CD of the full sermon, which is approximately 60 minutes long, call the toll-free number at 1-877-901-4300 or log on to josephprince.org now. Let God lead you and He will bless your steps and fill your paths with favor. Today, as a thank you for your gift of any amount, we will send you Joseph's brand new two-sermon audio series, New Day, New Way, as well as a bonus gift, the Glorious Grace 2016 Wall Calendar. Learn powerful principles of how God can guide you from within in all your major decisions, as well as everyday choices. Also available today for a specific gift is a collection with Joseph's latest hardback book, Grace Revolution. My friend, grace is setting people free to live victorious life. If you are sick and tired of living life defeated, crushed, and discouraged, I want to inspire you with the power of God's grace. This collection includes the 55 sermon Right Believing Castle, Joseph's latest 5 DVD box set, What About? Answering difficult questions about
Throughout the Bible, Volume 2, and other exciting resources. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. I learned about the freedom and grace. It was just amazing for me. I know I'm loved and I know I'm righteous. And that's what people are hungry to hear. The Lord also led me and opened the door for a, a jail ministry I do in the city where I'm at. And I've seen guys just get radically transformed through this message. I had four lumps in my breast, two in each breast under the teachings of Joseph Prince Ministry. Through the Holy Communion, Jesus healed me. He's teaching the Word of God. He's teaching the Bible. And I think it's awesome that many women are coming back to God the way God intended, through the true gospel of Jesus Christ. If you've been blessed by today's message, we would like to give you an opportunity to partner with us to impact the world with the gospel of grace. Under grace, God says, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness, and your sins I will remember no more. That's been a change. That's been a change, church. And it's all because of Jesus. Dear friends, together we can impact the world for Jesus. Partner with us and be part of this exciting grace revolution. Call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org slash partner today. I'm excited about the Grace Revolution USA Tour happening this November. I'll be coming to Houston, Dallas, and New York City, and I look forward to seeing you. Get ready for an anointed time of praise and worship as well as a time of partaking of the communion. I believe that the Lord has a special word just for you, and I can't wait to preach it. God bless you, and see you and your family real soon. This November, get ready for the Grace Revolution Tour with Joseph Prince. Get ready for an awesome time in worship and the Word of God. Make plans now to join us in a city near you. Tickets are selling fast. Get your tickets at josephprince.org slash events today. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace, as well as the ministry's humanitarian outreaches. program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. For your donation of any amount, the Word Network will send you this unique silver cross necklace with a small stone taken from the hills of Mount Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. Now you can own a symbol of your Christian faith that holds an historic connection to Christ's sacrifice and symbol of salvation. John 19:17 says, And he went out, bearing his own cross, 
to the place called the Place of a Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. This beautiful one-inch Celtic-style cross is etched with a unique design, centered with a beige stone, and hung with a beaded silver chain. Order one for yourself or give us gifts to family and friends. Call 855-730-WORD. That's 855-730-9673. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support. We appreciate your donations that help us spread the word of Christ to a lost and hurting world. Roberts is coming up next on the Word Network. You're watching the largest African-American religious network in the world. We are the Word Network. I got my miracle. 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 This is the place for miracles. Yes, it is. And Lindsay and I welcome you with all of our faith and all of our prayers, Lindsay, on this Veterans Day, as we remember those who have served our country, many of whom have given their lives in service to the United States of America. And we remember them today, and we remember their families in prayer. And also we lift up all those who are in service today, those who are in our armed forces, armed forces even right now. Wherever they are in the world, we lift them up in prayer, Lindsay, and we believe God for his hand of protection upon their lives. Yes, we pray Psalm 91 and believe that God will cover them yes. and believe for their families. You know, not only for the servicemen and women, thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. And I include in that their families. Because I'll tell you, they make a sacrifice as well. And I just, I just give God praise and glory and honor. And I thank him for what you all go through. But more than just that, I pray for God to bless you, to multiply that back to you in the way that you have need, to multiply that as you see it as seed into this nation, to multiply it back, good measure, pressed down, yes. shaken together, and running over in the way that you have need in Jesus' name. Praise God. Lindsay is healing week. Well, what a good idea. And I have a, a new CD, brand new, brand new, which I'll offer in a few minutes, The Healing Power of God. It's the third in a series. I'll offer that in a moment. I'm going to take two scriptures, Lindsay, okay. two scriptures that you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Exodus 15, 26. Mm-hmm. If you'll diligently heed and listen to the voice of the Lord, the Lord and do that which is right in his sight, keep his commandments, his word. Then he said, I'll put none of the diseases upon you which I put on your enemies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to compare it to Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You like to say, and the way God his does ways things. His ways of doing business, his ways of doing and being. Or it actually, one, one says his ways of operating within that kingdom. And the things that you need will be added unto you. In other words, we're not supposed to focus on the things. We're supposed to focus on him. We're not supposed to worry, Jesus said in Matthew 6. We're not supposed to be in fear and in trepidation about what's coming like that. We're supposed to put our trust in God and watch him take care of the You know, things. something kind of cute, if you're not cute, but interesting. Matthew 6, let's look at that. Matthew 6:33. there's an interesting, right, I call it the Matthew 6:33 sandwich. Because if you look real quickly, just before and just after Matthew 6:33, there's a very interesting thing in there that it says, okay, Matthew 6:33. but just look just before. These words are written in red, mm-hmm. spoken by Jesus. And it says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Now, it goes on all the way through Matthew 6:33. Then let's go to Matthew 6:34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. <laughs> it's a don't worry sandwich. Well, didn't Jesus also say, be anxious for nothing? 
Yeah, he said, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't get into fear. And and the interesting thing about that, uh, when you look at it and you go back to what you were saying in Exodus, and, and he talks about, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, but he said, if you do these things, then I'll be the Lord that will heal you. They're qualifiers. Whether we want to talk about that or not, there are ways of doing and being, ways of operating in the kingdom. So this scripture is directly in line with Matthew 6:33, when God says, do this this way and get, right, get the right results. It's like when you give me directions. Now, I try very hard to be very good at following directions, and if Richard gives them to me very specifically, I can get anywhere. His directions are, like, impeccable. But if I try and venture out on my own, (laughs) that response lets you know what happens when I try to get my own directions and venture out on my own. My kids used to say, if mom says go left, we're going to go right. But it's just the part of my life that doesn't go that direction. And I, I, you know, I need to follow clear-cut instructions. And when I follow your clear-cut directions, wow, I get right where I'm going. When we follow God's clear-cut directions, when we diligently hearken to the voice of God, when we seek first the way God gives clear-cut directions, it's not so that we are boxed in, but it's so that all these things we have need of shall be added unto us. It's so that. As we do that, the things we have need of follow autopilot. I get to my destination because I paid attention to the direction. Right. God's not trying to lock us in. He's trying to get you to your destination. And he said, if you listen to my voice. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I want you to do. Get your Bible and open it to two places. Get a marker or something. Open it to Exodus 15:26, And then also, after you mark that, open up to Matthew 6:33. Now, while you're doing that, Lindsay, I want to take you down to North Carolina. You know, we were recently in Raleigh. Uh-huh. A tremendous miracle service, and probably half of the crowd came forward to testify of healing. Praise the night. Lord. Uh, I want to take you to the little town of Advanced, North Carolina. Clinton, what a great name. Isn't that great? Yeah. Not retreat, but advance. Advanced. Clinton had been diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. But something miraculous happened when he called the Abundant Life Prayer Group. He got a hold of some of the anointing oil. And we began to pray. I want you to hear his testimony and see what God has done in his life. My dad was diagnosed with thyroid and neck cancer, stage 3, back in 2008. I was shaving, and I seen a little spot here on my collarbone here. It's about the size of my fingernail. And I said, Doc, I want you to look at this spot right here. And he looked at it, and he mashed on it. And it's this little spot, puffy. And he said, I'm going to send you to uh, have a biopsy made of it. And so it came back as thyroid and neck cancer. And then I went from there to have my operation. It was an eight-hour operation. I came through, thank God. I was taking treatments and all. My uh, neck was so raw and hurt so that I ordered this anointed oil from the Oral Roberts uh, Evangelistic Association. And they sent it to me. And I rubbed it on my neck just like this right here. And I began to feel the difference of God's healing power. Each day went by, I could tell there was a difference. His doctors would tell that uh, most 40-year-olds could not get through as many radiation treatments as my dad was able to get through, and he just kept holding on 
to his prayer and his faith in God to get him through those difficult times. It was a very long, uh, scary ordeal, and today he is miraculously healed of the cancer, which is nothing more than a miracle from God. I came through, thank God, and, and I'm still praising today. I'm cancer-free from thyroid cancer. And I know, without a shadow of doubt, God healed me just like the little widow woman that reached out and touched the hem of the garment. So if you have cancer today, no matter where it is, call the Bundle Life Prayer Group and have them to pray for you. You'll never regret it. And we believe in that ministry because they have partnered with us throughout our lifetime to help my dad get through this illness and the sickness. And in every aspect of our life, we take we just take confidence that we can call their hotline and know that there's someone there on the other end of the phone to partner in prayer if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And my dad... Uh, has sowed seeds into the ministry uh, throughout his lifetime. Sowing seed into the ministry of Oral Roberts for the last 50 years. Now, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible through my sickness was Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Who forgiveth thee of all thy iniquities, and who healeth thee of all diseases. There's just nothing that with God. Wow. <laughs> what a deep testimony that was. And I remember him so well because he was in the front row of our recent miracle tour service there in Raleigh in North Carolina. Thank God the cancer is gone. Just a moment ago, I got a word of knowledge about someone who's had a diagnosis of cancer in the spine. In the authority of Jesus' name, I rebuke that. Every trace of cancer, if God can do that for him, then I'm expecting him to do that for you or the family member who's been diagnosed with cancer in the spine. In Jesus' name, every trace of cancer come out. Now, he had stage 3 cancer, and now he's completely cancer-free. Praise to Almighty God. Notice that he used... until you comprehend you're the one who should have been stoned. You're the one who should have been on that cross. That's the power of the gospel. And I pray, I prayed this week for myself. I pray that I could live every day in the community of I deserve nothing. I've been given everything. I'm thankful and grateful and submitted to God who has so eclipsed my expectations, and so massively, generously showered upon me unmerited favor that we call grace. How many laws in Scripture did they blindly 
break, to find someone breaking the law. A lot happened to me in 2010. Some of you know that it was the time that my mother finally uh, lost her battle with ALS, and she suffered a lot during her final months. And uh, in 2010, she went to be with Jesus. It was a great loss for us, and I feel almost guilty saying, though, um, there was some relief in it. She was really suffering. My dad was carrying such a weight. We knew she was with the Lord. And that's the picture that I had in mind when I called this series on forgiveness, have the funeral. The relief, the finality, the suffering is over. Unforgiveness is causing you and those you love untold suffering. It's time to have the funeral. It's time to feel the relief of finally being done once and for all with that awful unforgiveness. It needs to go into the ground. You need to have the funeral. You need to be done with that once and for all. If you're ready to bury the past God's way, call Walk in the Word right now. As our thanks for supporting this ministry, we will send you Freedom Through Forgiveness, Moving Past Your Past. This brand new resource features a challenging audio message from Pastor James, as well as a booklet that walks you through each step in the process of forgiving. We've also included a card for you to fill out and mail back to us so we can have the funeral for whatever it is you've been holding on to for so long. Your unforgiveness can join my unforgiveness where it belongs, in the ground, buried forever, and on into the joy of living a life of forgiveness. It's time to have the funeral. Get the little packet we've put together. It will help you take those steps, and we're right there with you every step of the way. And if you're looking for a little extra encouragement, you can also request Walk in the Words 2016 Scripture Calendar and Leather Journal. Get yours now for your gift of $85 or more when you call 800-545-6800 or go online to jamesmcdonald.tv. One of the reasons why we throw stones at other people is because we don't rightly comprehend ourselves. Someone has said, I will... Never despair of another man when I rightly estimate what lies in me apart from the grace of God. I will never despair of another man when I rightly estimate what lies in me apart from the grace of God. And so here we have this incredible portrait of harsh, condemning, religious people who dragged this woman up to Jesus. We found this woman in the very act. The law says, Stoner, what do you say? I think the main message of the passage is, tell me. Okay, I think that's the main thing. Now, keep with me here and let's go to the second thing, which we'll probably use up the rest of our time. We all deserve to be stoned. We all tend to think in bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking, Ephesians 4 says. And the Bible says we should be kind to one another, tender-hearted. 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven us. We all deserve to be stoned. And then this, we pick up rocks too quickly. Just too fast, just too fast. When I preached on this 21 or two years ago, whatever it was, I, I called the message, when we are faster than Jesus. And, and uh, that's a lot of times. Just fast, just, just pick up that rock. Just, come on, God, just get them for that. Notice, though, in the text, verse 4, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? Now, um, it's, it's uh, actually in the text, the next verse says, This they said to, what's it say? Come on, lift up your voice. This they said to? They said to test him. Well, what's interesting is, is remember when we were studying the feeding of the 5,000 uh, a few weeks ago? And, and uh, do you remember in that passage where uh, John 6, 6, Jesus turned to the disciples. They're like, everyone's hungry. And Jesus said, where are we to buy bread? Do we may feed these people? And John 6 says that he said this to test them. Actually, you can't see it in your English Bible because we don't apparently have a lot of different words for test. But there are two different words in the original language. The one that Jesus used was uh, an instructive test. How many people can remember in school the difference between a teacher that gave you an instructive test and a destructive test? <laughs> right? Remember that teacher said, I'm going to take you apart with this test. And, and that's the word that's more used here uh, when it says in John chapter 8, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? This they said to, uh, to, to trap him, really, it could say. They wanted to corner him, and the text says why, that they might have some charge to bring against him. They already wanted to murder him. That's why he had spent that extra time in Galilee, because every time he came up, you know, they were just on it. And so here he is in Jerusalem again. Here they are, resenting and resisting his ministry, trying to test him, trying to trap him. But what's interesting is before they can trap Jesus, they have to trap this woman. And, and uh, notice in verse 4 it says, we caught her in the act. Some of your translations say, in the very act. Now the Bible is uh, clear, but not explicit. And so, um, but I mean, I don't know how they could be much clearer than we caught her in the act of adultery. Everyone say, enough said. So uh, verse 2 says that it was early in the morning, so maybe there was some... Uh, you know, bar scene the night before. We don't really know how these people got together in bed that had no business being together. But that's not the thing that shocks me. The thing that shocks me is that the religious leaders were there to see her. Did they, did they have spies? Did they have a number of people out? Did, they, did someone, like, text them, right? Like, get over here, we got a live one. <laughs> Um, um, how, many, how many watchmen were there to find this woman? How many woman, women were there that they were tracking to find one in the act of adultery? How many, how many windows did they peer through to make this arrest? How many laws 
in Scripture did they blindly break to find someone breaking the law? But it's what they did. So they come to demanding that Jesus respond. I've said this before. I, I find, I find, I've found the Lord very unresponsive to my ultimatums. And, and uh, someone sent me too. And so they're not going to corner him. They're like, what do you say? And sometimes silence is the best answer to silliness. And he said nothing. It's interesting. It's, look at the text. What did he do? You see it? You could have made this message. What did he do next? He bent down. That's, he bent down? So the Pharisees, can you see? How, can you picture the Pharisees? They're all up, right? We, we got one. We found her. She's, what, do you, what, what do you say we should? They're up like this. And then the crowd. You ever been in a crowd when you want something? It's just drama, drama, drama. You know, everyone's wanting to see what's going on. And so they're all kind of up and looking like this. Picture them. Now see the woman, what's she like? Everyone kind of make her posture. Right. So she's like covered in shame, embarrassment. Is her head bowed or is her neck red? She's kind of like this. And the Son of God gets down below them all. Says nothing. The crowd is like, you know, what's going to happen? How long did that silence go on? Jesus starts writing in the sand. Now people are like, what was he writing in the sand? Um, we don't know. So uh, we're not supposed to know. How many people believe God could have got the actual stuff in there if we were supposed to know? What we do know from the context is, is that whatever he wrote, uh, it was convicting. So I, I, I thought, you know, and, and maybe we're not supposed to know so we can think of some you know, varying uh, possibilities. Maybe he wrote the names of the main religious leaders that had engineered this trap and shamed this woman using her. Names like Ananias, Caiaphas, Gamaliel. I don't know, maybe. Maybe he, they're, they're accusing this woman. All the focus is here. Maybe he like drew arrows out to all the people in the crowd. You know, I've heard for years, um, people will say, love the sinner. How many people have heard that? Yeah, I, I, I've been searching the scripture. I can't find a single place where the Bible tells us to hate other people's sin. I mean, I, I hate what it does to people. I hate the pain it causes. If you've got an addicted person in your family, I hate what that does. I understand we can't enable them. We can't look away from it. I get that. But really, does the Bible command us to find other people's sin and hate it? I don't think I'm going to be able to settle that today. Maybe I can suggest an, um, an additional sentence to go alongside that. You wrestle with it. I've been thinking about it. Don't come up to me afterwards and tell me you've got it all figured out. <laughs> I'm just going to add this one into my arsenal. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Hmm. How about this? How about love the sinner, hate your own sin? 
And that's what I'm getting out of this passage. And um, so maybe he wrote some arrows. Maybe he wrote some names. Um, you know, I was thinking to myself, maybe he wrote some specific sins. Maybe he knelt down there and wrote some specific things that uh, maybe we'd go lighter on. You know, adultery. I mean, not many people are publicly for that. Um, maybe he picked some safer sins, you know. Um, for example, uh, one of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not commit adultery, and it is a very destructive sin. But another one of the Ten Commandments, uh, Thou shalt not commit adultery, is number seven. Number nine is, Thou shalt not bear false witness. So they're kind of breaking nine to handle seven. Everyone say, bad plan. So maybe what Jesus was doing was writing out the sins that they were committing and seeking to expose this woman's sin. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe he was just kneeling down to hide his tears and the grief that he feels for the pain that his children cause one another. I've preached that passage, I've heard you preach that passage, I've, I've heard it my whole life, and always the question is, what was Jesus writing in the sand? What was he writing in the sand? And I never realized that um, he w maybe he was just hiding his own grief and shame over how the woman was being treated. Yeah, I think it stands to reason. Um, um, we don't know for sure. Um, whatever he was writing in the sand wasn't important for us to know, and I just... Um, you know, when you study up other passages of Scripture, like John 17, you see how much he longs for his children to be in a loving relationship with one another, and how, like any parent, like he is grieved when we're not getting along. So that's really what Drop the Rock is talking about. And, uh, you know, it occurs to me that uh, maybe as you're listening to this, you're, you're like, I didn't drop the rock, I threw it. And uh, I, I've thrown some rocks. And uh, the Lord had to really um, um, break me of that, and it's the last thing that I want to do. So maybe what you really uh, are needing is to progress. So I've thrown some rocks. All right, well, how about taking a step uh, into God's forgiveness to you and God's forgiveness through you to others? As our thanks for supporting this ministry, we will send you Freedom Through Forgiveness, Moving Past Your Past. This brand new resource features a challenging audio message from Pastor James, as well as a booklet that walks you through each step in the process of forgiving. We've also included a card for you to fill out and mail back to us so we can have the funeral for whatever it is you've been holding on to for so long. Call 800-545-6800. Or go online to jamesmcdonald.tv. Now, on Walk in the Word TV, we divide up single messages into multiple programs. Which one's your favorite, the beginning, the middle, or the end? Well, I kind of look at it as mind, emotions, will, right? Yeah. So I think on the first program, a sermon becomes three programs. The first program, we're learning, learning, learning. Yeah. The second one, we're being moved in our hearts about the importance of it. Yeah. And then the third program, uh, the next program in Drop the Rock, yeah. is kind of the call to action. It's, yeah. it's my will engaging and actually being changed. So we're praying that for you. And uh, what do you say at the end of the program again? Stay in the scriptures. Uh,
paid for by the friends and partners of Walk in the Word. Sometimes God just takes his time, but he promises that he will get us through this. For your gift, we'd like to send you Max Lucado's best-selling book, You'll Get Through This, Hope and Help for Your Turbulent Times, based on the life of Joseph. Here was a very faithful man, but his story involved rejection. It was a tough life. Max writes, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. What the Bible does promise is the use of those struggles to develop us, to shape our characters, to draw us closer to God. You're going to get through this. Not because you're strong, but because God is. To receive your copy of Max Lucado's life-changing book, send your gift to the address on your screen or give online at tvn.org. Hello, I'm Joseph Prince. Join me at the American Airlines Center in Dallas for the Grace Revolution USA Tour this November. I believe that God has a special word for you, and I look forward to seeing you and your loved ones real soon. Catch Joseph Prince live in Dallas for the Grace Revolution Tour. Get your tickets at josephprince.org slash events today. Hello, I'm Troy Gramlin, pastor of Potential Church. And I want to take just a moment on this day to let all of our family members, the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, you have family members who are serving on behalf of our country. I know there's been a lot of sacrifice, long days and sleepless nights. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your commitment, not only to God, but to this country, that we may be able to worship Him and share His story around the world. Stay tuned for Enjoying Everyday Life with Joyce Meyer on TVN, the number one Christian network in the world. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, honoring those who served our country. The following program is paid for by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. Okay. I've been teaching this weekend on transformation, which means to be changed. To be changed completely. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed entirely by the renewal of your mind. If we want our life to change, we have to change our mind about the way that we look at things and think about things. Well, the greatest transformation, I believe, is what God does in us and how he changes us from what we were when we started to what he wants us to be. And it's a process. It's not something that happens all at once. It doesn't happen instantaneously. It happens over a period of time. And if you want to enjoy your journey with God, then you will have to be patient and realize that although you're not yet where you need to be, that God's not mad at you about that, that he loves you every step of the way. And the main thing I believe that God wants is for us to just keep pressing on 
and to be making some kind of progress. I don't know about you, but I like progress. I like to know that I'm getting somewhere, even if it's not everywhere that I would like to be, at least I'm getting somewhere. So we tell people, and I've been telling them for years, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. And, and I encourage you, now listen to me, I want to encourage you this morning to be excited about the growth that you've had. Don't, be, don't always just be looking at what you're not, what you're not, what you're not. But really get excited and take some time sometimes and think about just the difference in you from when you started with God and where you're at now. How many of you are a little bit nicer than you used to be? Okay. Thank God. So the greatest transformation, I believe, is for a person to be selfish, self-centered, self-conscious, Self-conceited, self-confident, <laughs> self-absorbed, and be turned into a Christ-like, unselfish child of God who walks in love. That's our goal, walking in love. Not the world kind of love that we turn on and off, dependent on what people do, but the agape of God, the kind of love that just loves because that's what it is. A good thing to pray is, God, reduce me to love. Let me be a body wholly filled and flooded with love. The greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think the Bible is a book largely about relationships. It's about our relationship with God, our relationship with people, but it's also a lot about our relationship with ourselves. And I don't know if you've noticed it yet or not, but a lot of the Bible talks about the way God wants us to see ourselves and the attitude that he wants us to have toward ourselves. God actually wants you to love yourself, not in a selfish, self-centered way, but in a balanced, healthy way. He wants you to not be against yourself all the time and constantly finding everything that's wrong with you, but he wants you to see what he has created you to be and that although you've not arrived yet, you are on your way. Everybody say, I'm on my way. So I think to experience this kind of transformation, one of the things and, and the first thing that we need to do is we need to learn who we are in Christ and then begin to walk in that. Now, what do I mean when I say who we are in Christ? Well, when we're born again, we're put into Christ, and he comes to live in us. We become one. And so him being in us, we now share in everything that he is, everything that he has, and everything that he's done by faith. Jesus is totally righteous. Nothing wrong with him. And do you know the Bible says that he that knew no, son, no sin, being Jesus, became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So in Christ, one of the things that we now have is rightness instead of wrongness. Isn't that wonderful? Let's look at Romans 3. 23.
Since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and the glory of God. I like that. It doesn't say that we've all sinned and did fall short. We are falling short (laughs) every day, every moment. We are falling short of the honor and the glory which God bestows and receives. All, everybody say all. (laughs) How many of you agree we've all sinned? Okay. But you know what? Not everybody knows, and if they did know, they might have a hard time agreeing to the rest of this. So all are justified. That means made just as if you've never sinned. And made upright and in right standing with God, freely and gratuitously by his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, we are made right with God. You know how wonderful and freeing it is to not have to constantly meditate on everything that's wrong with you? Am I the only one in the building that's excited about that? I mean, isn't that... My gosh, I did that for so many years. And you know, the world is full of people that are more than happy to tell you what's wrong with you. They put out all these standards and rules that we're supposed to follow and this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, even the magazines show us what we're supposed to look like. But you've got to remember that those are all airbrushed. And they're little teenagers that don't have one ounce of body fat on them. And I don't know, excuse me, but I don't think Eve looked that way. I've decided to believe she had a little meat on her bones, amen? Now, that's just my personal opinion, but, you know, there you have it. doesn't have much to do with what else I'm saying today, but... It's still good. And when I say that we're righteous, I don't mean we do everything right. And that's the glory of this. We all are falling short of the glory of God. You've already done wrong things this morning. I've already done wrong things. I had some kind of stupid thoughts earlier this morning. I mean, do you ever get into stupid in your head? It's like... And and it's like you're just going around thinking stuff, getting ready, doing stuff, and then all of a sudden you're like, what? Why am I even thinking about that? So the Bible says that when we sin, we not only sin in behavior, but also in thought and word. Thought, word, and deed. So we might as well just give up the pressure of perfectionism. And stop feeling like that God's going to reject us or be mad at us if we don't perform perfectly every day. Now, somebody might say, well, Joyce, don't you think you're taking a chance in saying that to people? What if they just now think it's okay for them to sin? Well, you know what? I'm not the least bit worried about that, and I'll tell you why. If you love God enough to come out here this morning to hear his word on a Saturday morning, then you are not a person that's getting up every day looking for an excuse to sin. So I'm going to help you by telling you, yes, do your best and let God do the rest. And every day you'll get better and better and better, little by little, from glory to glory we improve. I said the other day, 
over the last four, well, Dave and I have been married 48 years, and over the last 40 years since I've been really seriously studying the Word of God, I mean, he honestly probably feels like he's been married to 20 different women. And I'll tell you what, I still have not arrived, but I am sure not like I used to be. And that's what the Word of God is supposed to do for us. Amen? We are transformed into His image. Amen? Our destination is Christ-likeness. And our destination is to respond to people and things and situations the way that Jesus did when He was here. Thank God that the world is not our standard, but Jesus is our standard. So I love that, that we are falling short. It's not just a one-time thing. I didn't just, like, get all messed up, but now I've, now I've got it all together. We are falling short of the glory of God, but we are all justified and made right with God through Christ. In Him. Not in my behavior. I don't do everything right, but I still am right. And here's the reason why this is so important. Now, please listen. You're never going to produce anything that you don't believe you have. So how foolish would it be, and this is many times what people do. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. That's what religion, just raw religion without relationship does to us many times. Loads us down with rules and regulations and all of these guidelines about behavior, but never gets around to telling us who we are in Christ. Amen? If I don't know that I have something, I can't produce it. If you said to me, give me a dollar, I couldn't give you a dollar if I didn't know that I had a dollar. So how can you ever have better... How can you ever produce more right behavior if you don't know that you are right and that that seed of rightness is in you as a gift from God? So I want everybody to say, I've got it. <laughs> and this is what we need to know. We've got it. We've got what it takes. We're full of everything that we need, and it's just working its way from deep inside of us to outside of us where everybody can see it. <laughs> This is a happy day, happy day, happy day. Okay. We are loved. Wow. So many people desperately need to not only hear that, but believe it. I've said several times in this conference, God is never going to love you any more than he does at this moment right now. You might think, well. Because see, sometimes we think, well, if we improve, then God will love us more. God doesn't love us because of anything we do. He loves us because that's who He is. God is love, and He loves us with everlasting love, with a perfect love that is unconditional and cannot be bought. Can I tell you something today? God is not for sale, and you cannot buy Him with your good works. Amen? It's free grace. God loves us not because we deserve it, but because he has to do that. That's just what he does. And so even if you just are having a really hard time getting a hold of how God could love you, just receive it 
and let that love begin to heal the wounds in your life. You know, as you know, I was sexually abused by my dad. At least you know it if you've watched my TV program and went on for many years. And I talk about it a lot because it was the, the cause of so many wounds in my life that needed to be healed. Children are meant to be loved and, and cared for and, and to get to laugh and to play and to, to be nurtured. And I didn't get any of that. The people who told me that they loved me abandoned me, abused me. My dad was angry all the time. Every time he didn't do exactly what he wanted, he was angry. You never knew from one day to the next what he expected. So even if you thought you had it figured out on Tuesday, it might change on Wednesday. And the whole goal, it seemed like for years, was just to try to dance around him and try to keep him from getting mad because if he got mad, you never knew what he was going to do. I mean, sometimes he'd beat my mother up or rant and rave and scream and yell. You just never knew. And so by the time you have about 15 years of that, you're messed up. Then I married the first guy that came along when I was 18 because I thought since I'd been abused, nobody would ever want me. So, I, you know, I didn't know what love was. I'd never seen any. So I just married the first guy that came along, and he was just a nutcase. And, you know, I say this a lot. Very often, people that are hurt and troubled out of desperation marry other troubled people. Boy, we got to be careful about making decisions in desperation. You know, you would be better off to be by yourself than to be with the wrong person. Trust me on that. Amen? So five years I was married to him. And he would leave me, he would abandon me in other states. And I'd have to call somebody at home to get some money to... I got abandoned in Mexico. I got abandoned in California. Here I'm 18, and I've been through already a lifetime of hell, and now I've got five more years of it, and all this is love. He'd get tired of being out by himself, and he'd show up again in the middle of the night. Oh, I love you. I'm so sorry. And I was dumb enough to keep believing it time after time after time. Why? Why? Because I was desperate for love. If there's anything that we want and need, it's love. And not some kind of a perverted, worldly kind of love, but a love that says, I love you the way you are. That doesn't mean that maybe we don't need to change, but... You know, one of the best things about my husband is he just lets me be me. And sometimes the version of me is not as great as some other times. I'm a little mouthy, a little snippy, got a little fire in me. And he actually says that that's why he married me. He likes that fire, so I just give it to him so he's happy. you just get so tired of trying to be what you think everybody wants you to be and then they're still never satisfied. But God is not like that. He likes you. He likes your big feet. He likes the space in your teeth. He likes everything about you. Every single thing about you, things that other people think are 
flaws he thinks are cute. Amen? Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. <laughs> and see, here's the thing. The more that you know that God loves you, the more amazed you're going to be. And that is going to cause you to want to change more than anything else could ever make you want to change. It's knowing that God loves you. The Bible says the love of Christ constrains us. So that means it's the love of God that causes us to discipline ourselves and to not make those wrong choices that we know would go against the will of God. Let me tell you something. I do a lot of things because I love Jesus that I would have never thought that I would have been able to do. Amen? I mean, I put up with some people that I would have never thought that I would have been willing to put up with. And I don't do it because I want to. I don't do it because it's fun. I don't do it because I like it. I don't do it because they deserve it. I do it because I love Jesus, and I love him because he first loved me. I spent a year, not a day or two days or a week, I spent a year studying, meditating on, and confessing that God loved me. A year. And let me tell you something. If you don't have that revelation then you might as well just take a break from everything else. You don't need to study anything else, and you need to just study and focus on and read everything you can get your hands on about how much God loves you and that he's never going to quit on you. He's never going to give up on you. God's not mad at you every time you make a mistake. Amen? In Ephesians 3, wherever that's at in here, it says, may Christ through your faith. So you have to realize that all that I'm talking about this morning comes through faith. You don't get it if you don't believe it. Anybody on here? That's why we started on Thursday night saying, dare to believe. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your heart, and may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you might have the power... And be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. We can actually experience the love of God. You can learn to recognize that's God loving me. God did that for me. That's a wink from God. That's God letting me know that he sees me and that he loves me. And to me, to be honest, I mean, I just told God this morning. I said, I will work as hard as you want me to for as long as you want me to, but one thing I absolutely cannot live without, I have to have your presence and I have to see you show up in my life. And I'm serious. If I can't have that, then I might as well just check out because that really is our food. And most of the things that excite me the most, although I love for God to do great big things for me, it's little stuff. Little things that might not even might not even relate to somebody else. They might not even get it at all. But it's something that he knows is important to me. And there's nothing I love better than knowing that God is taking care of me. This is the difference, by the way, in relationship and religion. Religion just has you struggling and trying and failing and 
under condemnation, trying to do the right thing, trying to do the right thing, trying to do the right thing. But relationships loves up on you and then leads you into doing the right thing by His power, His grace, His mercy. Amen? Experience the love of God. Something I started doing years ago, still do it, and it might be good for you if you did it. I started keeping a little notebook of things that God did for me. Little things, big things. And I tell you what, sometimes when you kind of lose track of what's going on in your life and you start to feel a little down and sorry for yourself, you, you can get that book out and you can look at, oh, yeah, I remember, oh, yeah, man, I remember that. Wow, yeah, I remember that. You know, remembering things builds your faith up. How many of you can remember right now something, let's say something big God did for you? Okay. How many of you can remember something little that God did for you? Just some little thing. Here's an example. There's a girl sitting here on the front row this morning. Her name is Grace. And yesterday, accidentally, after the conference, we ended up in the same local coffee shop. Now, see, I don't think that there are accidents with God. I think that he wanted her to be in there with me because it meant a lot to her to get to talk to me. And so when she saw me in there, she got teary-eyed, and she said, I've been listening to you since I was 12 years old. And so we chatted a minute. She went outside. Then her mother brought her back in, who's also with her today, and she said, you have to understand the story. She said when she was 12 years old, she was, had so much anxiety and so much panic that she had to be hospitalized. None of the medicine was helping her. None of the counseling was helping her. The treatment program wasn't helping her. Somehow, was it television you started seeing me on or CDs or what? She started seeing the program on TV, and it started helping her. And I'm sure one of the things that probably helped you was just what I'm talking about today, knowing that you were loved and accepted unconditionally. Because that's what causes us to end up in a mess like that. Trying to be something we don't know how to be so we can get something from somebody that they're probably never going to give us anyway. Did you hear me? How many of you are tired of trying to be something you don't know how to be so you can get something from somebody that's probably never going to give it to you? And if I only give it to you because you earn it and please them all the time, then that's what you'll have to keep doing all your life to keep getting it. And so she said something that just really blessed me. She said, I watched you three times a day. And she said, for one year I watched you three times a day, and the word that you preach became my intravenous drip. said she was completely healed by the Word of God. And now she's 18 and on her way to a great life. Now, Grace, I know they all want to see you, so you're going to have to stand up and turn around. Don't be embarrassed. Just look how pretty she is. Well, see, so that was God just I mean, what are the chances of us ending up in that same coffee shop? Slim to none. But God did that for her, and God did it for me, because I have to hear that kind of stuff to keep doing what I'm doing. 
Amen. Well, God's unconditional love for us definitely will change our lives. And it also gives us the desire to discipline ourselves and make right decisions according to the Word of God. We all need to change, but sometimes it's difficult to go through change. So today we're offering you four CDs called How to Survive Change. Trust me, if you're going through a difficult time right now and you feel like everything is shaking around you, including you, you will get through it and you will be better on the other side. We're also offering you an opportunity to change your words by learning how important words are. We're offering you a book called Change Your Words and You Will Change Your Life. This is a lot of good word that we're offering you today, so make sure you get yours and start to study right away. Learn how a transformed mind comes before a transformed life with Joyce's four-CD series, How to Survive Change, and her book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life. Understand the power of every word you speak and live the fulfilling life God intended with these life-changing resources. They're available today for your gift of $35 or more. To order, call us toll-free at 1-800-727-9673 or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. Joyce's newest daily devotional, Closer to God Each Day, will give you practical ways and powerful scripture to help develop your intimacy with God. God is waiting for us to determine the level of intimacy that we desire with Him. The closer we are to God, the more fulfilling our lives will be. Closer to God Each Day, a new devotional by Joyce Meyer. Pick up your copy wherever books are sold. partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. For your gift, we'd like to send you Max Lucado's best-selling book, You'll Get Through This, Hope and Help for Your Turbulent Times. He's not baffled by what baffles you. Max writes, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. Not because you're strong, but because God is. To receive your copy of Max Lucado's life-changing book, send your gift to the address on your screen or give online. We're bringing our family on G16. We're going February 22nd through March the 2nd, 2016. I love taking my kids there. You know, when you are there, you don't see what you see on television. Every place we have gone is so peaceful. Let me just tell you this. It'll be a saturation of you and your family in the gospel of grace in the place where grace began 2,000 years ago. G16, go with us. Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. You really need to be a partner with TBN. This is a time to preach the gospel like none other, and it's time for the people to know that Jesus is Lord. Here are two ways you can support TBN. First, create a living legacy by giving a percentage of your estate or a dollar amount to TBN through our estate planning program. Second, if you're 65 years of age or older, you can earn higher interest on your investments as part of TBN's Lifetime Charitable Gift Annuity Program. For more information on estate planning or charitable gift annuities, contact TBN's Living Legacy Department online. 
Hey everybody, Dale Everest here. And from all of us here at TBN, we want to thank you for praying for this great and awesome nation that we live in. Let's pray for the peace of our nation. Let's pray for the safety of our troops. And let's pray that America would continue to be a beacon of light and hope in the world. Coming up next, Creflo Dollar Ministries. Join the dynamic leadership in teaching on TBN, the number one Christian network in the world. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, honoring those who served our country. This program is made possible by the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries. If you find yourself in despair and agonizing over the same things the people in this world are fearful about, it's time to re-examine your philosophy. Have you allowed this world's philosophy to infect how you view life? If so, it's time to adopt God's philosophy of grace. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to keep us from understanding who we really are. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to deceive us concerning our real identity. I don't know if anybody else is following what I'm saying, but do you understand? My life is dead in Christ, and I am living now through his life. How you gonna call yourself a family? How you gonna give up? How you gonna cave and quit? How you gonna doubt? How you gonna wonder if you gonna make it? How you how you how you ever wonder if you gonna be a failure when your life is dead? This is not about you. This your life is dead, and in Him you move and breathe and live. You have to see your life in Him and your life no more. And that takes hope, constantly Every time transformation and first base in our transformation is real repentance and real repentance glory to God is changing the mind to line up with God's word now if you do that behavior will change you just you cannot behave the same you cannot continue to think in line with the word and believe in line with the word and behave out of line with the word? No way. There is no way you can do that. All right, so check it out. You and I know people who say, I'm saved, and they're living some kind of perverted life. Okay, you're saved. You did all of the actions of being born again. You gave your heart to Jesus. You accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior. So in a sense, I'll agree you're saved. But I want to go from saved to transformation. Now that you're saved, be transformed. Now that you're saved, be transformed. 
Because when you get saved, you want to give God the glory. So now that you're saved, be transformed. See, you don't get saved and celebrate your conversion, and then after a week you've gotten saved, you, you, you lusting again, you, you, you do it. All of the things, it creeps back on you. Why? Because you hadn't. You, you, be saved, and as soon as you get saved, be transformed. How do you get transformed? Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Now, here is what the enemy has made a philosophy in the church world today. People don't read their Bible. People don't read their Bible. You better believe me when I say this. I have always seemed like I'm, I'm always at the result of some person who don't read their Bible. They don't read their Bible. What they do is they, like a magnet, attract religion to themselves. It's amazing to me. Have you ever had little kids that you say all this good around them, and as soon as they hear a cuss word on TV, that's the one that's the thing they pick up the quick, quick, and they, and they go around, they just be saying it. Just, I'm like, whoa, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, all, all of the good stuff I talk, why don't you, why don't you say that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like a magnet, man, Satan was just trying to pull the things to you that you don't need. So what are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do? Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to read. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to feed on the Word. I'm a Christian, I don't want to listen to no tapes. I'm a Christian, I don't want to come to church. I'm a Christian, I don't feel like hearing pastor teach. I'm a Christian. And see, here's the thing. Even with teaching, I go to church, but I don't feel like being bored. Well, how many shows can we give you before we have to actually deal with you thinking the wrong way? I mean, what really? Do I have to come out and do flips, do fire rings and smoke just to get your attention, only to lose it when I start trying to teach the devil out of you? We got to get your mind lined up with the Word. We got to get your mind lined up with what the world calls the boring scriptures. They're trying to say the Bible is outdated. This book is this book is not. The book doesn't have a date. It came from God. I mean, He is eternal past and eternal future. What is that? His thoughts in. He inspired men to write it down. It was God-breathed, I think that means. He, God breathed that word into men, and they wrote it on paper so we can benefit from it. The most powerful book on the planet, and the enemy has a philosophy that says, don't read, don't study, and any preacher that preaches scripture like this, don't go. You just want to show. You can't renew your mind with stuff you don't understand. That's why he said, in all thy getting, get understanding. Why? So you can change the way you think. Change the way you think. Transformation takes place. Transformation is the fruit of a renewed mind. Now, I, I, let me see if I wrote that down there. Yeah. Real repentance involves a continuous renewing of the mind. Real repentance. You know, some churches say, well, they, they need to teach on repentance more. What they're trying to say is they need to, they need to transform their behavior. But real repentance is a continuous transforming of your mind. You're doing that all the time. 
you're continuously asking yourself, what does the word have to say about this situation that I'm in? What does the word have to say about this circumstance that I'm in? What does the word have to say about this information I just heard about? What does the word have to say? What does the word have to say? Are you trying to be spiritually deep? No. You're trying to keep your mind in line with the word so that your life will stay in line with the word. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's real Bible repentance. Now, so what does this have to do with the glory? Uh, now think about what we just said. Now, real repentance is a continuous renewing of the mind. Every day. Every day. Renewing the mind is not a one-time event. Renewing the mind is like, okay, I've renewed my mind. Bam, I'm through. No, you're not. Renewing the mind is a continuous lifetime process. Repentance is a continuous changing of the mind so you can continue to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the number one prayer people pray. Show me your will. He says, I can if you keep renewing your mind. If you keep believing in line with my word, you will have the evidence. That's what proof is, is evidence. You'll have evidence of a renewed mind. Praise God. You'll have evidence of a renewed mind. Now, I'll say, okay, like, I got that, God. Now, what is the major area of focus? That's the key. For our life focus what is the major focus that I need to be targeting my renewing of my mind what do I need to be consistently looking at to renew my mind help me Lord with this uh, go to Colossians chapter 1 Verse 27 and 28. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to keep us from understanding who we really are. If the devil is to defeat us, he will have to deceive us concerning our real identity. So what he says is, I do not want you to renew your mind concerning who you are. I don't want you to renew your mind. Think about it. You went in a sinner. You came out a Christian. So who are you? So he's got to keep you blind to who you are. It's like, dude, you woke up, you got Superman powers, and you don't even know it, and you're walking everywhere. You could be flying. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know who you are. So let me keep you from ever thinking in line with who you really are. I think I used a, uh, an example one time about Tarzan. Tarzan. You remember him, Tarzan and the Apes? Left out in the jungle, act like an ape, try to do everything like apes did, until one day he was drinking water and saw his ref- he, he saw some humans, and uh, one day he saw his reflection and realized he wasn't an ape. 
and he quit acting like an ape. The whole time he thought it was an ape. The whole time he thought it was an ape until he saw he wasn't an ape. The devil wants you to, for your whole life, to act like just a plain human. Until I can show you, you're not just a plain human. Does everybody follow what I'm saying? So the focus of the renewed mind needs to be, look at this verse of scripture, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. All right, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery that's among the Gentiles? And he's going to go tell us which is. Christ in you, the hope or earnest expectation of glorious manifestation. Okay, so check out what he just said. He said, now here's the mystery when you got born again. Christ, when you got saved, moved in you. Oh, my goodness. Now, you got to now, you have to now change the way you think about you. Christ is in me. The earnest expectation of manifestation of all the finished works of Jesus. Christ is in me. Look at what I'm renewing my mind with. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Baby, need a pair of shoes. Watch this. Christ is in me. Hey, anybody there? Doctor just said I'm sick. Christ is in me. What happens when you don't renew your mind? The Christ is in you. You will always go to Okay.
Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. Bosi the Cassandra Rastrogo, so we glorify you. Broshi the Gosse, she the Gosse, Harander the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gondra, Hor Brody the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gondra, and the Gosaraga, Sedeshi the Gosse, she the Gosse. Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. Bosi the Gas, Sid the Gandu Gosse, Bosi the Gandra, she the Gosse, she the Gosse, Hor Brandy the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gosse, she the Gosse. Okay, um, pray for Edian. Let us go under the gun. Let us go say, she'll 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 go
Deidre Brown, do she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Sakara. Community service, Humbrandi to go say she to go say she to go Saraka, Sakara. Droopy, Hunter to go say she to go say she to go Saraka, Sakara. Nancy Bro, Randy to go say she to go say she to go say she to Krasa, Sakara. Yolanda Smith, who she to go say she to go say she to Saraka, Sakara. Keisha, Shinder to go say she to go say she to go say she to Krasa, Sakara. Morgan Macmillan if I'm hundred to go into the gun to the gun to the gun to the gun to Rosa Sakura. Manuel Rosa Shiji to go say she to go say she to Rosa Sakura. K who she to go say she to go say she to Rosa Sakura. Henry Otis Pitt says she to go say she go say she to Rosa Sakura. Jesse Wells from Brandon to go say she to go say Raka Sakura. Barbara Allen hundred to go into the gun to go say to Saka Sakura. Berlita hundred to go into Rosa Rosa Sakura. Rochelle, Hongo Sakayak, India, Poco, Randy, the Cassandra Caraco, Richard Thomas, Oko Shedder, Comprandi, the Gessis, Sakra, the Johnson and Jackson family, Shindu, the Gossi, the Gossi, the Gossaraka, Sakra, Renan, the Paint Store, Shishi, the Gossi, the Gossi, the Gossaka, Sakra, Sharon, Borandi, the Gossi, the Gossi, the Randa, Sakra, Brandon Allen, Hundred Gun Randa, the Gossi, the Gossa, Sakra. Diana Sandy, Honda to Gondorogo, Shirogosa, Shakra. William Debbie, Hoshi to go say she go say she go say she to Rosa, Sakra. Young man on 107th Street, Shishi Koroshi to Shiro go say she to go say Shiroka, Sakra. Kevin Holden family, Hoshi to go say she go say she to Rosa, Sakra. Conwell Johnson, Hoshi to go say she to Rosa, Sakra. Shivalian Namco, Shiro to Gondorogo, Shirokrasa, Sakra. Lamanda, Honda to Gondorogo, Sakra, Sakra. To list the people I pray for, she did a Okay, Trey Mathis is Ariel Singh for she should go say she go say she go Saka Sakara. Neandra Moss, and the go say she go say she rocka Sakara. Maria Bird's children, and the Gorondra was still kind of gigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigig
Anaya, Brianna, Loji, Victor, Kier, Shaw, Capri, Lacour, April Moores, Raheem, Paul, AJ, and Fan. Lord of the Gunder, Gurundu, Rurunga, Brandy, Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes. For Randy Rico City, Shinderico and Randa, from Randy Rico City. Yes, yes, yes. We praise your name. Okay, City of Refuge, she should go say, she go say, she go say, she Randa, Sakura. People in the gifting class, Shindarun Randa, go say, she go say, she go Sakura, Sakura. Reginald Foster, she should go say, she go say, she go Sakura. Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Elliot, and Chris Foster. Brandon go say, she go say, she go Sakura. Maria Mathis, Shindarun Randa, go say, Sakura. Help me, Shindarun Randa, go say, Sakura. Rose Johnson, she go say, she go Sakura. Andre Dijon, Hunter Gondor Crossa, Sakra. Donald Lustig, Rombrando Gosish Gosa, Sakra. Della Carondo, Shido Gosish Gosa, Sakra. Jonathan Dunlap, Borrandi Gondi 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 Gosa, Sakra. I get Donald Lustig, Shido Gosish Gosa, Sakra. My parents took Rombrando Gosa, Sakra. City of Atlanta, Hunter Gorondo Gosa, Sakra. President Obama, Hunter Gosish Gosish Rosa, Sakra. Pastor Mora, Marcel Renault. President Obama on the Mastermind Group. She should have she should have she should have Johnson and her family on the Grand Rosa, Sakura. TCC, she should have she should have Sakura. Daniel Watson and Watson family on the Grosseska, Sakura. Pamela Scotty, she should have she should have she should have Sakura. Attorney Elijah, she should have she should have she should have Sakura. Susie, I don't put her name on. I know somebody on there. Thank you, Father. Um, I have my phone in front of me. Attorney Elijah, Pamela Scotty, Wajin, no more under the Gosses, Shirukosa, Sakra. Rose Hospital Community, Shishirukosis, Shirukosa, Sakra. Andre, um, Martin Charles Second, no more under Gosa, Sakra. Past Marshall, Shirukosis, Gosa, Sakra. And myself, Shirukosis, Gosaka, Sakra. All right, and Amon, Denise, McNabb, Carson, Stripeson, Dietrich, Jerry, Salter's cousin, Sherry, Louis, Yarbrough, Carlos Smith, Corey Dennis, Gully, Jenkins, Charles Sr., Platt Academy, Don Smith, Ferguson, Guy Sobey, Vaughn, Enlow, Nate Carson, Mama Gina, CFF, Travis Crocker, Song, Sakers, and Rosemore. Run to the gun, 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 to the Alright, that's my three lists. Anybody want to do any lists? Anybody there? Y'all want to run through and read through the book and I hang up. Which one y'all want to do? Okay. Um, deceased in hospice. Shishirigo, 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 Shishirig
uh, prayer shift to ministry and the family. She'll go sit, she'll go sit, she'll go sit, she'll go sit, she'll Abuse and addiction, she'll go sit, she'll go sit, Abuse and addiction, Nate Ricard, and Mama Gina. Um, deceased in hospital, she's got a sucker, sucker. Stick and shut in the underground, under the rush, across the sucker. What else we got? Congregations and churches, she's got a sucker, sucker. Missionaries, she's got a sucker, sucker. Prisoners, she's got a sucker, sucker. 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 Uh, tell her I call her back. Uh-huh. Yeah. What else she we got? He said he'll call you back. Prisoners, All missionaries, right. congregants, and churches. Love you too. Bye bye. Um. <coughs> prisoners, missionaries, congregants, churches. Second shot, unsaved. Rambrando Gosesh de Grossas. What else we got? Okay. Deceased in hospice. Okay, I think that's everybody. Press shift to ministry and family. No, okay, that's everybody. Pray for walking around the supernatural. Sure, on the cross, sure, sacra. Discernment, sure, the cross, sure, sacra. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and the cross, sure, sacra. Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds, sure, the cross, sure, sacra. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching the Korumbande Shiraka Saka. Health, healing, and restoration of Grondorgosa Sakra. Renewing of Ayushi of Grondorgosa Sakra. Supernatural, superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents, and the synergies can increase in basis. Shiraka Grondorgosa Sakra. And I think that's it for now. Okay. Spiritual warfare. Broadly speaking, a Christian who has not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit is rather vague about the reality of the spiritual realm. He is like the servant of Elisha whose eyes are closed to that sphere. He may receive instructions from the Bible, yet his understanding is, un- is confined to the mind because he still lacks revelation in the spirit. But upon experience of baptism, his intuition becomes acutely sensitive and he discovers in the spirit a spiritual world opening before him. By the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he not only touches the supernatural power of God, but contacts God's person as well. Now it is just that there now it is just that there that spiritual warfare begins. This is the period when the power of darkness disguises himself as an angel of light and even attempts to counterfeit the person and work in the Holy Spirit. It is also the moment when the intuition is made aware of the existence of a spiritual domain and of the reality of Satan and his evil spirits. The apostles were taught in the scriptures by the Lord after Calvary, but they were made con- conscious of the realization of the spiritual realm following Pentecost. Spirit baptism marks the starting point of spiritual warfare. Once a believer has contacted, oh, yes, Father, we praise your name. 
Thank you, Father, for the most of the God Once a believer has contacted the person of God via the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he then has his own spirit release. He now senses the reality of the things and beings in the spiritual domain. With such knowledge, let us call to mind that the knowledge of a spiritual man does not accrue him accrue to him all at once. Some of it may and usually does come through many trials. He encounters Satan. Only those who are spiritual perceive the reality of the spiritual foe and hence engage in battle, Ephesians 6 and 12. Such warfare is not fought with arms of the flesh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Because a conflict is spiritual, so must the weapons. It is a struggle between the spirit of man and that of the enemy, an engagement of the spirit with spirit. Before he arrives at such a juncture in the spiritual walk, the child of God neither understands nor can he engage in the battle of the spirits. Only after his inner man has been strengthened by the Holy Spirit does he know how to wrestle with the adversary in the spirit. As he spiritually advances, he begins to discover the reality of Satan and his kingdom, and then is that he is given to understand how to resist and attack to foe with his spirit. The reason for such conflict are many. The enemy's attack of attack and blocking constitute the greatest. Satan frequently either unsettles the emotions of the physical bodies of spiritual believers, or he blocks the works of the spiritual ones, or he may disturb the environments. Yeah, all above. <laughs> the need to fight for God forms still another reason for this. Yes, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Father, for the word, for the covering, for the anointing. For the pressing, <laughs> for the peace. The need to fight for God forms still another reason for this warfare. As Satan plots in the air and works on earth against God, so his people fight back with spiritual power, destroying the enemy's plots and plans through their prayers. Though at times saints do not know for sure what Satan's scheme is, nor what he is doing at the moment. They nevertheless continue to press the fight with, uh, with no let-up, for they understand who their antagonist is. Beyond the, uh, beyond the above two explanations, spiritual combat has for its existence yet another cause, the need to be delivered from Satan's deception and to deliver deceived souls. In spite of the fact that the spirit's intuition... In spite of the fact that their spirit's intuition becomes sharp and sensitive after they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, believers may nonetheless fall into deception. To preclude their plunging into the wilds of the adversary, they need not only spiritual sensitivity but also spiritual knowledge. Should they be ignorant of the manner in which the Holy Spirit leads, they may assume a passive position and thereby become captives of the enemy. The easiest error Christians can commit at this moment is to follow some irrational feeling or experience rather than the leading in the inner man. Once baptized in the Holy Spirit, they have entered into the supernatural realm. Unless believers appreciate their own weaknesses, that is, know how incompetent they are in themselves, to encounter the supernatural, they shall be deceived. The Christian spirit can be influenced by either of the two forces, the Holy Spirit or the evil spirit. He commits a fatal blunder who thinks his spirit can be controlled solely by the Holy Spirit and not be so by the evil spirit too. Let it be forever known that aside from the spirit that is from God, there is additionally the spirit of the world, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 which is in fact the spiritual fall of Ephesians 6 and 12. Except the Christian shoves up his spirit to resist, he may find the evil one usurping his spirit through deceit and counterfeit. Mm, gosh. Oh, Jesus. Mm. 
child of God becomes spiritual, he is subject to the influence of the supernatural world. At this point, it is vital for him to know the difference between spiritual and supernatural, the confusion of which forms the cause of many deceptions. Spiritual experiences are those which originate from the believer's experience, while those of supernatural may not necessarily come from them. Okay, that should answer a whole bunch of questions there. <clears throat> spiritual experiences are those which originate from the believer's spirit, while those of the supernatural may not necessarily come for them. They may arise from a physical sense or from the solical sphere. A Christian ought never interpret a supernatural experience as always being a spiritual one. He should examine his experiences and determine whether they enter through the outer sensual organs or come via the inner spirit. Whatever emanates from outside, however supernatural it may be, is never spiritual. Mm. Mm. That's, I like, mm. So you're saying there's a difference between spiritual and supernatural? Yes, I'm saying that. Mm. And oftentimes we think if it's supernatural, it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, that, I mean, because the supernatural, okay, because the supernatural is not natural, uh-huh. it is in spiritual realm. But it's not from God, and that—that's what it is. Right. Because supernatural could be good or evil. Supernatural right. could be good or evil, but it still could be deception. More right. Than like- well, I mean, the fact that it's—it's—you it's, know—the evil part is there mm-hmm. brings about the deception. Right. Right. Or, or or you say supernatural can be good or evil, or supernatural can be good and evil. Right. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting the way to put it. <laughs> the Lord's saints should never receive everything supernaturally unquestionably, for Satan too can perform supernatural deeds. No matter how the feeling is during the moment of experience, nor how the phenomenon appears. Okay, I mean, that's why so many people in the world are caught right. up in, in different things. Right. Hmm. And it, see, they, I mean, go ahead. We forget that supernatural can exist in the, you know, uh, evil evil um, aspect. Mm-hmm. Because I think we always... I think most of us may uh, think, or most people may think, supernatural equates to uh, spiritual, godly spiritual. All right. I like the way you say that, godly spiritual. Good, 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 good. Because that's a demonic spiritual. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, I think when we use the word spiritual, it's, uh, it's loosely perceived to always be good or godly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. See, I think, you know, again, mm, okay, I'm going too far. I'm going too far. <laughs> mm. But, you know, the play on words is the thing that we get caught up in. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know what? The play on words and lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. With, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Okay. Don't keep reading. Because I'm telling you, my head going too far. My people my perish for lack of knowledge. Mm. Okay, I'm going to just read a little bit more and then I'm going to reread. <laughs> no matter how the feeling is during the moment of experience, know how the phenomenon appears or declares itself to be, believers should investigate its source. The charge of 1 John 4 and 1 must be strictly observed. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. The counterfeits of the adversary often exceed the believer's expectations. If the Lord's people will humble themselves by admitting that deception is quite possible to them, they will be less deceived. Because of the counterfeits of the enemy, spiritual warfare looms inevitable. Unless Unless with their spirits, soldiers of Christ take to the field to meet the foe, they should find him coming in to suppress the spiritual strength. In spiritual conflict, conflict, the spirit of the Christian wars against the enemy evil spirit. Now, should the Christian be deceived already, then he fights to regain his freedom. If not, then he strives to rescue others and to prevent the foe from attacking. He takes the positive stance of subjugating the enemy by opposing every one of Satan's plans and works. I'm going to just stop there because it's just going to go on a little deeper. What's that? I'm I'm trying to find something to mark. I'm going to stop it there, and I'm going to just go reread it because it's just going to get deeper and stuff, and ain't no breaking point, and yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead. What's the name of that book? <laughs> the Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee. The Spiritual Man? Mm-hmm. By Watchman Nee. Spell the last knee. Spell knee. N-E-E. Okay. And Watchman is W-T-C-H-M-A-N. Yeah. I've seen, and I've seen, I've seen, I don't know if it's per se this book, but I've seen something by this person before. Mm. Mm. We ain't even have... Oh, no, we ain't even halfway to the halfway point with this book yet. We almost there. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Broadly speaking, a Christian who has not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit is rather vague about the reality of the spiritual room. Okay, let's stop. Then we're going to start right there. First, you get saved. Then you need to get filled with the Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. This is what you need to do. Just simple put, kaput. So those who are not filled with the Spirit have no idea about spiritual warfare. Let's just let's just say that it is what it is. Leave it right there. Okay, I didn't say those who are not filled with the Spirit are not speaking in tongues. Because you do have Christians who are filled with the Spirit. They may not speak in tongues, 
but they are filled with the Spirit. But right here is saying if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have no idea about spiritual warfare. All you know is what you have heard or somebody told you, and that's, that's the bottom line. Broadly speaking, broadly speaking, a Christian who has not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy how you going to see, here I go, I'm just getting ready to go up in there. How you going to know about spiritual warfare and spiritual experiences when you're running from the Holy Ghost? See, we are a spiritual being. We are a three-part being. There's a part of us that's going to gravitate toward the spiritual arena, whether it is of God or whether it is of Satan. So our best bet, see, we sit up here and run so much from speaking in tongues and the Holy Ghost who wants to take you into the spiritual arena his way, but we run from it, but then we think we know something, and what do we know? We only know what the enemy shows and teaches us because that's who teaches us. Outside of the Holy Spirit teaching you how to walk in the spiritual arena, the only way that you can know anything about the spiritual arena is what you know or what the devil has taught you. I'm sorry. I'm going to start reading again. I can't get past the first sentence. Broadly speaking, a Christian who has not, not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit is rather vague about the reality of the spiritual realm. He is like the servant of Elisha whose eyes were closed into that sphere. He may receive instructions from the Bible, yet his understanding is confined to the mind. His understanding is confined to the mind because he still lacks revelation in his spirit. But upon experiencing the baptism, his intuition becomes acutely sensitive and he discovers in his spirit a spiritual world opening before him. By the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he not only touches the supernatural power of God, but contacts God's person as well. So... Walking in the spiritual arena starts with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're just going to say that, and I'm going to keep reading. Now, it is just that there's, now, it is just there that spiritual warfare begins. But then again, let's be real. What is it called? Spiritual warfare. So why would we run into battle? Okay. So now... I, I, I'm not knocking that. I can understand that's warfare. We don't want to deal with it. We want to go all over. That's fine. But this is it. You're, you're in a battle one way or another, whether or not you realize or acknowledge it or not. If you're not over in Saudi Arabia, if you're not over in Iraq, if you're not over it actually involved in the war because you're not a soldier, why are you going to try to tell the generals how to run their army? Why are you going to tell the soldier what he needs to be doing? You're sitting on the sideline listening to CNN, the ESPN, or whatever it may be, talking about the conflict that's going over east. You're not actually in the conflict, but yet and still you want to tell people how it should be ran. Did I say that? I'm going to keep reading. Now it's just there that spiritual warfare begins. This is the period when the power of darkness disguises himself as an angel of light. Oh, wait a minute. The power of darkness disguises himself as an angel of light. Hold up. This fool done got filled with the spirit. He's speaking other tongues. I got to get him off track. 
I can't because if he begins to realize what's really going on and and he starts becoming empowered and really believing the word of God. Oh, did I say believing the word of God and applying the word of God? Oh, did I say applying the word of God? Then I'm 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 he gonna recognize that I'm already the defeated foe. That's what the enemy is saying. That's what Satan's saying. So I got I got to get him off track with all these supernatural experiences. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me keep reading. I'm gonna, let me just hurry up and get this over with. Hey, you have stepped on my toe so bad. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you no, know, but I'm finna, you know, I'm finna share this. Oh, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and I'm thinking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Woo! Okay. You know. <laughs> you get started. <laughs> man. That that right there, not ever having had to state it in that fashion, but that right there tells me exactly why I'm just, you know, in one aspect of my life, I'm going to say relationship. That right there tells me why I choose the type of people that I choose. Okay. I'm I'm go ahead. I'm a little continue continue. I'm a little lost. Go ahead. Because see I I have a tendency to choose people, you know, to in, involve myself with individuals that I have a sense of control over. Mm. Because when you go, you know, um for me where there is a loss of control, that's where that deception and manipulation come in at. And how it can easily trans transfer from your everyday life into your spiritual life. Okay, you said well there's a loss of control. For me, in my thought process now. Okay, okay. Where I don't have control of a situation. Okay. And that means, you know, my vulnerabilities. When I say control, I'm talking about my thoughts, you know, my feelings and emotions. Got you. Okay, now. All right. I have a tendency to go the other way. Because, mm. when, you know, for me, when I become, you know, too vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I lose focus and I, I you know, my focal my focus is all, you know, it's like you lose, you know, for me, you know, allowing your vulnerabilities to be seen as equal to, um, I guess, allow, you know, equal to people being able to deceive you and manipulate you. Okay. Like you, you can't focus or concentrate on anything. Okay. Now, do you know the thing about it though? This is and this again is why we are what we do exactly what you said is the exact position God wants you in with Him. I know. <laughs> and, and, and distinguishing the between with Him and with the world. Now, you know we. And, 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 but you still have those same feelings. Right. 
which is the battle. That women, and that's why people don't speak in tongues. That's why they run because we don't understand. We we trying to figure it out. We 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 have to open up and yield. And all I'm saying is, in those things that we experience or that we are accustomed to in, in the everyday walk of life, is easily transferred into our spiritual life. Mm. Mm-hmm. That 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 way we do things because see the way we usually do things carnally is typically the way we do things spiritually. Mm-hmm. And that's Which, why it's difficult for you know for a lot of us to commit to God, to surrender mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. That's not that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because you experience that vulnerability and that deceit and deception in the life and the walk that you are familiar with that you do every day. So when you you when you're trying to um make this change in your life spiritually to grow a relationship with God, you do your relationship with God pretty much like you do your relationship with people because that's all you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 So if I put up a wall to defend or to protect myself in relationships mm. here on earth, nine times out of ten, I might I might have those same type of um, blockages up when I'm trying to build a relationship with God. Now, I desire deeply to um, have a relationship with God and, you know, because, you know, it, it, I know that it's different, but I don't know how to do or act or behave other than what I've already been doing. That's so deep. It's ridiculous. That's my whole point. And I, maybe I need to eat today because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to, you try, we talking about supernatural, we talking about spiritual now. <laughs> you, you, know, you want to disconnect. That's what that is. That's my whole point. Maybe I need to eat. Maybe it'll stop. It, it, it'll <laughs> hey. Look. Mm. Hey. Wow. Mm. It's hard to trust and believe in the life that I'm walking in, so it's gonna, it may be just as hard to trust and believe in the spirit. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Wow. And that's the battle that we fight. Wow. But that's just that's that's parallel to what God says in the Bible. How can you love me and not love your brother? Ooh. You know what I'm Right. You you say you love me but you can't love your brother. You lying? <laughs> Wait, wait, what do we say that when we ask a question, we ain't going to like his answer, he goes straight to the point? See, that's my, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Maybe I do need to eat to disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got 16 hours, and I ain't even 16 now, so you got 15, whatever it is. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Man, man, man. Okay, keep reading. Sure. 
Now it is just there that spiritual warfare begins. This is the period when the power of darkness disguises himself as an angel of light and even attempts to counterfeit the work of the Holy Spirit. It is also the moment when the intuition is made aware of the existence of a spiritual domain and of the reality of Satan and his evil spirits. The apostles were taught in the scripture by the Lord after Calvary. They were made conscious of the real existence of a spiritual realm following Pentecost. Spirit baptism marks the starting point of spiritual warfare. Once a believer has contacted the person of God via baptism in the Holy Spirit, and has his own spirit released. He now senses the reality of the things and beings in the spiritual domain. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Once a believer has contacted the person of God via the baptism in the Holy Spirit, now, recognizing when you're born again, let's go and break this thing down. When you're born again, you have received salvation. Your spirit, which was dead, now becomes alive. And the Holy Spirit now comes and lives inside of you. He could not live inside of you before, so now you got the Holy Spirit residing inside of you, and your spirit residing inside of you. So now then when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, now your spiritual intuitiveness, the acuteness begins to just just like off the I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say off the head, but it's the beginning of sensing and understanding that there's a whole nother realm going on here. You begin to sense things and know things that you didn't know before. That starts with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He now senses the reality of the things and beings in the spiritual realm, beings in the spiritual realm, angels of darkness, angels of light. Ooh. Walking around here, I've been—I told you this one. I know some have been following me around here lately. Or whatever, you know. I—I I sense it. My daughter sees it. She's learning how to turn it on and turn it off. You got to learn how to be walk with this thing because it'll burn you out. You have to work that balance for yourself. Just like you said, maybe I need to go eat. I, I want to disconnect. You got to learn how because if not, you will be you will be overloaded. And everybody's different. Everybody does it differently. But you need to understand that. And even in the aspect of turning it off, I turn. I say it like this: You turn off your TV, but you still see that little blue light, which is a power source coming to there. So even when you turn it off, you're not totally turned off. You still got your antenna up to be alerted. See, that's that's always on God, so that when God speaks to you, or something happens, like I've woken up in the middle of the night, just just go straight into tongues. And then I see so one day I woke up something and I did it. It was like this thing hovered over and it went like beep 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 beep. Now, I don't know what it was trying to do, but the Holy Spirit just made I just jumped up and started speaking in tongues. And I saw this thing going like like in a ping pong game, a ping pong machine. Beep 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 and just ran up out of there. So even when you turn it off, you still have that antenna that was tuned in to some degree. But these are things that you learn. What did we just say? By experience. And you can only learn them by the Holy Spirit teaching you this. 
See, I talk about on this line all the time. Now we, now we are at the point where most of us are multitasking doing this thing. But that when we first start, God, he doesn't start you that way. He starts you getting in tune to his voice, put, putting everything aside so that you know of his voice. A one-on-one so that you begin to be clear. Then he begins to grow you out of it. That's how you begin to pray at all times in your spirit, man. All right. Okay, I'm going to just keep reading. Our sense is the reality of the things and beings in the spiritual domain. With such knowledge, and let us call to mind that the knowledge of a spiritual man does not accrue to him all at once. Some of it may and usually does come through many trials. He encounters Satan. Only those who are spiritual perceive the reality of the spiritual foe and hence engage in battle. Engage in battle. Why would I want to engage in battle? Guess my daughter ain't fasting with us. Oh, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> she said, I'm sorry, Jesus was doing it in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. She said, Oops, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about funny? <laughs> Mouth full of Oops, I forgot. I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell, tell me I ain't mad at her because I just had a epiphany. Maybe I need to eat. Hey, look, look. My body's finally beginning to say, dude, why don't you drink something? I'm like, no. <laughs> I saw the water bottle in my car. I'm like, no. Wait, we can't eat or anything? Well, I'm not drinking. You all can. Oh. Tell Morgan, I said I'm drinking because I'm going to have to at least drink. Hey, well, you know. Okay. With such knowledge, and let us call to mind that knowledge of the spiritual man does not accrue to him all at once. Some of it may and usually does come through many trials. He encounters Satan. Only those who are spiritual perceive the reality of the spiritual foe and hence engage in battle. Ephesians 6 and 12. Such warfare is not fought with arms of the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Because the conflict is spiritual, so must the weapons. It is a struggle between the spirit of man and that of the enemy, an engagement of the spirit with spirit. Pick and choose your battle. Pick and choose your weapons in the battle. <laughs> recognize when you're in the spiritual arena. Recognize when you're in the natural arena. Pick and choose your battle, your weapons. Like I so said, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Right. Not unless you close. Not unless you and highly trained, you close up on that person and you can bring it out before he recognizes what's going on. <laughs> okay? Don't wear your baseball uniform to a football field. There you go, because you're going to get hurt when they, when they come and run over you. Uh, and that dude, they're going to catch that football. <laughs> like in the cartoon, when you catch the football, everybody pile on? Right. Before he arrives at such a juncture in his spiritual walk, the child of God neither understands nor can he engage in the battle of the spirits. Hmm. 
And see, this is the thing that I keep coming back to. I understand spiritual warfare is something that we really don't want to be bothered with, engaged, but the thing is you're in it anyway. That's an understatement. You you know what? uh, Yeah. That's where that thought comes from. Maybe I need to eat. <laughs> you know, seriously, I don't have the desire. But, you know, when I really start realizing how deep in thought that I'm going, and I know and I know me, I'm like, maybe I'm going to turn this off right now. Maybe I need to eat. Because I know where it can take me. I know where I can take me. So just imagine where God can take me and my thoughts. My mm. life. Mm. 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 Hm. You're such a father's child. I didn't do anything. Before he rises at such a junction, the spiritual walk, the God, child of God neither understands nor can he engage in the battle of the spirits. Only after his inner man has been strengthened by the Holy Spirit does he know how to wrestle with the adversary in his spirit? As he spiritually advances, he begins to discover the reality of Satan in his kingdom, and then it is that he is given to understand how to resist and attack the foe with his spirit. Hmm. Why would I want to attack the foe? Maybe sometimes you get tired of being on the counterattack. Right, right. I'm going to just keep reading. But then you also know that you're going to be attacked. Yeah. You know, I think, just like I said, the thing is what you have to, you don't have to do is you don't try to, You first of all, you don't need to incite it. You don't need to, you don't need to instigate it. You don't need to do none of that, but it's coming. Right. And that's just that's just preparing yourself because you already know going in that is you're dealing with spiritual warfare. So and see, that's what I said about this whole fact. This one, I'm the way I'm doing. I say I know, I know what's about. To, that's all I've been saying this whole time. I know it's about to happen. I know it's about to happen. And even before, throughout the day, I, I felt things shifting. And what I tell you, twelve on one on the head, bing. As soon as I finished drinking that soda, bing. Yeah, when I say, oh Lord, here we go. I went and I just went upstairs and just moaned and groaned and grappled and just. I knew, I knew it was gonna happen. And from where did I sleep? From well, I don't know. Whenever I went to sleep, twelve something. Up about three. Oh, okay. Well, been moving ever since. Uh. You know, but it, you know. It is what it is. I got stuff that got to be done. I got situations. Like I said, I'm just of the mindset, let's do this. We do, Again, this, now see this, okay, we're talking about attacking. This is attacking. Right. I'm saying, okay, let's do this. No, because you've been bringing it to me, now I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back, not because, again, my whole thing when I did, I didn't want it to be fasting because of what Sam wants to be doing. I began to hear from God this is the direction that I, I needed to go and how to go about Again, like I said, should I fast? Uh, then I began, I think I need to fast. 
Okay, should I engage others? Uh, yeah. Who should I engage? Okay, I think I tell everybody. This was the process from when I started going down that road Sunday. Okay, well maybe engage everybody. Then it was after church that I began to really realize. Well, I, well, no, I began to realize how bad of a situation I'm in. Then I said, you know what? I think I need to do this particular type of fast because my situation is foobard. <laughs> <laughs> so you said what? In the club. Oh, you know, it's like so again. But see, now let's go to knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Now I'm thankful that I have an understanding of even the different types of fast. So that now I'm not just doing. I'm, I'm getting my spiritual weapons. I'm going on attack, but I'm come. I'm coming with it now. Again, not that I'm coming with it by me, but I'm coming with it being led by the Holy Spirit. Right. So this is me attacking rather than being on a counterattack. Grace and mercy. <laughs> okay. Before he arrives at such a juncture in his spiritual walk, the child of God neither understands nor can he engage in the battle of the spirits. Only after his inner man has been strengthened by the Holy Spirit does he know how to wrestle with the adversary in his spirit. As he spiritually advances, he begins to discover the reality of Satan and his kingdom, and then it is that he is given to understand how to resist and attack the foe with his spirit. The reason for such conflicts are many. The reasons for such conflict are many. With the enemy's tactic of attack and blocking constituting the greatest. Satan frequently either unsettles the emotions of the physical bodies of the... Okay, and I'm going to slow down and go through this one. Because this here... Okay. Satan frequently either unsettles the emotions of the physical bodies of the spiritual believers, or he blocks the work of the spiritual ones, or he may disturb their environment. Any of those kind of happen to y'all in any way, fashion, or form? Yeah. He unsettles the emotions of the physical bodies of spiritual believers. He blocks the work of the spiritual ones, or he may disturb their environments. The need to fight for God forms still another reason for this warfare. As Satan plots in the air and works on earth against God, so as people fight back with spiritual power, destroying the enemy's spots and plans through their prayers. For a time, saints do not know for sure what Satan's scheme is, nor what he is doing at the moment. They nevertheless continue to press the fight with no let up, for they understand who their antagonist is. The antagonist is Satan. He walks around to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. He's on the 24-7-365 and a quarter. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't wear down. He keeps pressing. We get tired. We wear out. We get um, um, uh, emotional. We get upset. I know one thing since I've, I got talking about fact, since, uh, since even as of yesterday, I can, my mind is starting to come more focused again. I can begin to see and hear. I can begin to think. 
before that, I was just everything was just pulling on me in too many different directions, and I was just kind of beginning to lose it. Now it's beginning to settle back in. Now I can begin to see and focus and get an understanding of what I need to do, and so I can get this thing to press on to do what needs to be done. See that that that's that's my emotions that was being disturbed, my environment being disturbed. Everybody's coming at me, pulling at me, asking me to say no, and I can't move to do what needs to be done. See, you need to begin to recognize what's going on and, and begin to allow God to do the things that need to be done so that you can hear and see and move to do what he asking you to do. She, my daughter just spent me some money and said she saved me $50. I did. That's how much the application Beyond oh got a whole kaka shaka yarambo seke kankaka yara kondi shaka ha yes father I praise your name. Oh <coughs> Thank you, Father, for removing that for clarity of course that I thank you, Holy Spirit, yes. Beyond the above two explanations, spiritual combat as for its existence yet another cause. <laughs> really, isn't it special? The need to be delivered from Satan's deceptions and to deliver deceived souls. Mm-hmm. Beyond the above two explanations, spiritual combat has for its existence yet another cause. The need to be delivered from Satan's deceptions and to deliver deceived souls. In spite of the fact that their spirit's intuition becomes sharp and sensitive after they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, believers may nonetheless fall into deception. To preclude their plunging into the wilds of the adversary, they need not only spiritual sensitivity, but also spiritual knowledge. Should they be ignorant of the manner in which the Holy Spirit leads, they may assume a passive position and thereby become captives of the enemy. The easiest error Christian can commit at this moment is to follow some irrational feeling or experience rather than the leading in the inner man. Once baptized in the Holy Spirit, they've entered into the supernatural realm. Unless believers appreciate their own weakness, that is, they know how incompetent they are in themselves to encounter the supernatural, they shall be deceived. Mm, mm, mm. The Christian spirit can be influenced by either two of these forces, the Holy Spirit or the evil spirit. He commits a fatal blunder who thinks his spirit can be controlled solely by the Holy Spirit and not be so by the evil spirit too. Let it forever be known that aside from the spirit that is from God, there is additionally the spirit of the world, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, which is in fact the spiritual for Ephesians 6 and 12. Except the Christian shuts up his spirit to resist, he may find the evil one usurping his spirit through deceit and counterfeit. Deceit and counterfeit. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Father. <laughs> when a child of God becomes spiritual, he is subject to the influence of the supernatural world. At this point, it is vital for him to know the difference between spiritual and supernatural, the confusion of which forms the cause of many deceptions. Spiritual experiences are those which originate from the believer's experience. I'm sorry. Spiritual experiences are those which originate with the believer's spirit. 
while those of the supernatural may not necessarily come from there. They may arise from a physical sense or from a solical sphere. A Christian also never interprets a supernatural experience as always being a He should examine his experiences and determine whether they enter through the... or come via the inner spirit. Whatever emanates from outside, however supernatural it may be, it is never spiritual. Whatever comes from the outside is supernatural. Whatever comes from the inside out is spiritual. There's a difference between the realm of... No, there's a difference between supernatural and spiritual. But... Supernatural, the realm of the supernatural is in the spiritual realm. So both of these are moving in the spiritual realm because it's not in the natural realm, it's in the supernatural realm. But what is the source, bottom line, is the source. Where is it coming from? And that's where you need the Holy Spirit and discernment to be able to determine what's coming from where. And it will always be backed by the Word of God. Always. The Lord's sanction not receive anything supernatural unquestionably, for Satan too can perform supernatural deeds. Okay, wait a minute. Now, I just caught this. Wow. The Lord's sanction not receive everything supernaturally unquestionably, for Satan too can perform supernatural deeds. Right. If we receive something supernatural un- Okay, from the supernatural realm, we should not receive it unquestioned. We need to question and investigate it. But if it's from the spiritual arena, which means your spirit and the Holy Spirit, God tells you to do something, then depending on the scenario, there are times you just need to be obedient and do it and trust God. Okay, now let's back this thing up. We're separating the supernatural realm and the spiritual realm, okay? Supernatural things occur. We need to see what the source was going on the whole nine yards. Spiritual realm, as far as, as far as the readings are concerned, what we're talking about in the spiritual realm is coming from your inner man. It's coming from your spirit. If you know God's voice, now, you got to be to some level of maturity where you know and recognize God's voice. Right. <clears throat> All that needs to be there. That when you're at that level of maturity and he tells you to do something, then you need to do it. That's what stops a lot of his children. There Now, there are times when he'll tell you to do something, and yes, it is a time for you to question and get an understanding. So I'm not trying to say, yes, you, you, you can and do need to question God with reverence of who he is. Because if you do not question him, you cannot learn about him. Okay, so you do need to question him, and he will reveal himself to you through his word. But there are times when you need to be obedient and just do what he tells you to do, which takes us right back to what you were talking about, Erica, when you're feeling, uh, what was that, you, you're vulnerable, you're open, and you got to trust him. And that's where he desires you to be, to be dependent upon him. But that's an awkward and uneasy feeling. But that's where he desires you to be. And at that level of trust and submission, just to be obedient and move in accordance with the leadership of his Holy Spirit. Sorry about that, Erica. I didn't mean to take the machete and just go to, go to cutting. Yes, you did. But you're good. 
Okay. All right, I'm going to just keep reading. We almost done. The Lord's saints should not receive everything supernatural unquestionably, for Satan too can perform supernatural deeds. No matter how the feeling is during the moment of experience, nor how the phenomena appears or declares itself to be, believers should investigate its source. The charge of 1 John 4 and 1 must be strictly observed. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but but test the spirits whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Counterfeits of the adversary often exceed the believer's expectation. If the Lord's people will humble themselves by admitting that deception is quite possible to them, they will be less deceived. Because of the counterfeits of the enemy, spiritual warfare looms inevitable. Unless with their spirits, soldiers of Christ take to the field to meet the foe, they should find him coming in to suppress their spiritual strength. So if you ain't going out there to fight, he's coming in to take you over. Yeah. It's going to happen one. Some, the, the, the meeting is going to happen one way or another, basically. And what we were reading yesterday about exercising our spirit and exercising our spirit, man, and through prayer, then if we don't do that, then you wither away. If you don't exercise your body, it gets out of shape. I'm going to just keep reading. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, baby. Love you. Right. Counterfeits of adversary often exceed the believer's expectation. If the Lord's people humble themselves by admitting that deception is quite possible to them, they will be less deceived. Because of the counterfeits of the enemy, spiritual warfare looms inevitable. Unless with their spirit, soldiers of Christ take to the field to meet the foe, they shall find him coming in to suppress his spiritual strength. In spiritual conflict, the spirit of the Christian wars against the enemy's evil spirit. Now, should the Christian be deceived already, then he fights to regain his freedom. If not, then he strives to rescue others and to prevent the foe from attacking. He takes the positive stance of subjugating the enemy by opposing every one of Satan's plans and works. I'm done. Oh, are you now? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm comments, Chris, questions, criticism, conclusions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody got anything? The only thing I say is amen on the workout. Well, you righty then. All righty, y'all want to listen to a song? Y'all want me to take prayer requests? Up to you. Take prayer requests. Okay, let's do it. Let's get the puppy going. All right, right, okay. right, right. I go first. Oh, she's stepping up. I'm going first. <laughs> I got limited battery power today. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Not a problem. All right. God, I want to pray for me. Oh, Father God, move in her life. Open up our heart to receive those things that you want her to have. Gift in her, Lord, in her heart, Father. 
manifesting inside of her. Keep allowing your word to begin to rise up. Keep anointing and showing her that you are God. Reveal to her your word. Reveal to her your spirit. Let her walk in the fullness of who you called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Um, could you pray for, um, your name is Yolanda Moore. Yolanda Moore? Yeah, she, um, she came to me and asked for prayer. She works with me. Pray for me, y'all. That same person you had me pray for in your office last time? Uh, Let me pray for them. They were sitting right there. Right. Like, um, huh? I think you prayed for Yolanda before some time ago. Oh, okay. She works with me. Uh, that person prayed. Is in my um where I do therapy. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, Yolanda Moore. Oh, okay. Okay, hold on one second. Let me talk to Morgan. Morgan said y'all don't want to talk to her. I said hi. Anyway, y'all heard her feelings. She's all upset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yolanda Moore. Bora de she de ko sa rande de ko se she shanda de ko se she rande de ko se de. Yes, 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 Father. I praise your name. I glorify you, Holy Spirit. I glorify you, Father. 
Holy Spirit move, shara gandara go say move, randara go say de move, randara go sada move, randara go say de. Thank you for the covering, for the anointing, for the release of the word of God, Father. Holy Spirit, open up our gandara whole day. You go pour forth your anointing and your strength into her life. Pour forth your word <clears throat> into our heart, Father. Pour forth your gosi, the gondrande gosi, and the gosi to minister to her, minister to her, touch her, Lord, touch her in a great and mighty way. Let her rise up to be overcomer, Father, not to be bogged down, Father. Let her rise up to become an overcomer, Lord, not to be bogged down with the confusion, with the confusion, with the things that are going on all around her, Father. Let her not be caught up in a teacher how to become centered, Lord, how to become centered. Centered and hear from you, Father. Keep a hedge of protection around her life, Father, as you increase your word, of course, your word, as you illuminate your voice and your presence in her spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Seth Morgan, we didn't hear her. Maybe you were muted or something. I didn't hear her. Mm, she on a computer. Well, I wouldn't ignore her. I would. Uh, yeah, you're her dad. Oh. Can it? Right. It's physically impossible. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. You try to ignore her as much as you possibly can. It doesn't work well for you, but... I do I try. You're I right. Do. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Okay, well, you... Okay, who else? Um, I'm texting, I'm praying for Maria. Um, I'm, she texting me right now. Surely. Let me lift up Maria, Maria, Maria. Yara konseke, yara bankosa. Horumba struggle is real. Oh. Strengthen her through the struggle, Father. Strengthen her through the struggle, Lord. Keep her centered. Keep her strong. Let your presence go forth. She's torn. She's torn. She's torn. Mm. She's torn. But God. She has no choice but to walk it out. She's going to cry, scream, holler, and yell, but it's okay. She's going to fall and she's going to fail, but it's okay. She has no choice but to get up and walk it out. 
Be an encourager. This is to you, Erica. Be an encourager and a teacher in love, whether it be a swift kick or a gentle word. Give her what she needs, but skillfully insert it into her heart as you perceive it needs to be done. That's where the swift kick or the gentle word comes from. For you know who you are dealing with. Over Again, this is you, Erica. Bypass her emotions. Look at the source. Let it tell you what to do or not to do or how to do it. Get beyond the ranting and the raving and the emotional outbursts. Go to the source. You point out the problem, and when she's ready, show a teacher or reveal to her what needs to be done and how to do it. There are times you might need to get in there with her. There are times you might just need to look at it. You walk in your anointing, causing her to walk in hers. She's in a point where she has no choice, but yet still she's looking for an escape route, which we all understand. So, I mean, really, and, and because we do have that level of understanding, there's no judgment. Because we all want to, we all want to, yeah. Right. We don't, so we don't have that criticalness, but we might have that abruptness and the truthfulness when needed. He might call on you and cuss you and all that other stuff, but she will receive what is needs to be done as God reveals it to you. Amen. 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 Anybody else before I pray for you? I'm gonna let that sink in for a minute. So. You know what? I let that sink in for a minute. And then before I pray for you, I'm praying for you. Any? So I was gonna say, anybody else want prayer before? <clears throat> um, I'm gonna ask you to pray for um, Latasha Williams. Latasha Williams. She is the um the new. <laughs> the new manager of our department. Yeah. Wait a minute. You pray you want me to pray for her, or you want me to pray so you can find out who you're dealing with. <laughs> or all of the above. <laughs> well, you know, you can do all hey, whatever God leads you. I have a, I have a I already have a feeling, but go for it. Okay. No problem. Cause one, I mean, you know, I have my Oh my God, she gonna make me cuss her. Lord, forgive me. Is this your friend, Maria? Yeah. 
texting me. Mm-hmm. Now she, uh, let me go on a vent first. <laughs> she knows that I'm off today. So she texts me and she says, hey, what you doing? I said, I'm on the call. She said, oh, okay. I said, what you doing? She said, trying to get Ariel in school, because, you know, she moved and Ariel was going to the old school, but she mm-hmm. checked her out, <clears throat> you know, whatever. <clears throat> and I, she said, and she was, she took a while before she responded. I said, so how's it going? You know, and she, t- she took a while and she says, not well, no ride. So, you know, I was prayerfully sending a text, like, okay, she knows that I'm at home, or she could just ask me. She knows that she can't. I don't know why she want to go in this roundabout way, but I'm texting her and telling her, I said, well, I'm I'm home. Um, do you want me to come because I can't? Now, she took a little while because I know she's thinking in her head. She said, well, if you don't mind. That's what she just said. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, ones we can depend on. Let's be friends. How many? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. But I have to let I have to let her navigate through this her her, her way. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yep. 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 Because I mean, it's not like she couldn't ask me. Because I mean, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've known each other, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing is, either I'm gonna say, okay, I'll be there at a certain time, or I can't. I can't tomorrow or whatever. I mean, yes or no is always going to be the answer. <laughs> Whether you tiptoe around it or be direct. Mm-hmm. Amen, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> oh, Lord, bless my heart. Okay, I had to get that off my chest. Okay. Um, but um, back to um, Latasha Williams. Tasha Williams. Mm-hmm. I I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, I'm I'm always doing, you know, <clears throat> something. You know, trying not to be in Erica. You know, but, uh, yeah. Because, see, regardless to the type of person she is for real, <clears throat> my perspective, regardless to the type of person I perceive her to be and me to, you know, identify who I'm dealing with, um, she ain't got nothing on um them folks she finna deal with. Because what I do know, Sandra's going to give her a run for her money. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and this is my feeling. 
Well, no, I'm going to let you pray. Don't pray. Then we can talk. <laughs> Surely, dear. Don't pray. Then we talk. Okay. Uh, Latasha Williams, huh? Mm-hmm. Many many reasons why she's there. But you will find her quicker than you think to be to see things and to move. She will be more of an ally for you than you recognize. Not initially, though. Not initially because of just things. But she will be quicker to see what's really going on and to begin to maneuver through the minefield that is laid before her. She doesn't quite understand the fullness of what's before her. There's a minefield that is laid there for her to get caught up in. She doesn't quite see it, but the first one would trigger very quickly, which would send off her alarm. Trust and believe that God's hand is upon her life to lead her through this. He will reveal to her as needed what she needs to know to walk through this pathway. But she has to get to the point of humbling and submitting, which is a problem with her. She doesn't understand that level of what we talked about, submitting to the Holy Spirit at that level to allow God to work those things out in her life. But he will skillfully speak to her to help her maneuver as needed. God is revealing to her who she is and who all are in the office place so that she can do that which needs to be done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You there? Amen. Okay. Yeah, um, I kind of figured that because you know I'm not the type of person that quickly flocks to people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't flock anyway. That's number one. But um, I'm sure <clears throat> you know I'm cordial, respectful, and responsible. And um, I'm initially she may have some type of thought or opinion about me. Because, you know, we cross paths and, you know, how you doing? Excuse me. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Have a good evening. Nice to meet you. That type of stuff. I'm not hung around to talk to her. And um, when um, I passed by, <clears throat> she was eating lunch with some other, you know, people in the office, in the break room, and I don't eat lunch with them anyway. Mm-hmm. So I went in to get something, you know, lemonade out the freezer, come back, and, you know, she, you know, was nice and cordial. And when I was walking out, I heard her ask them, now, what's her name? What's her name? Who is that? So, you know, because I'm not lingering and trying, I'm not even trying to uh, attempt having a conversation at this moment. Right. You know, I mean, I'm just allowing things to happen as they are whenever I need to, you know, when I need to communicate with her, I will. Mm-hmm. And so, one, that's, that may, you know, I'm sure she's curious about, I guess, my distance or 
whatever, whatever it is she read from me, she's curious about who I am. And more than anything, the bullseye has always been on me consistently in my office. Okay. In terms of Sandra. Though Sandra was my supervisor, you know, my manager, I was always her greatest nemesis, fear, adversary, however she looked at me. So the bullseye has always been on me. Mm-hmm. The bullseye transferred yesterday. <laughs> oh. You know, I might have a small bullseye, but what I do know, I'm not the main target anymore. All right, I got you. Because <laughs> Sandra does truly believe within our office that there is nobody in their right mind who deserves to have that lead position other than her. There is no woman, maybe a man, but there is no woman that has the knowledge base and wherewithal that she has to have that position. So the big target has moved from me to Tasha. All righty then. She's bringing out the books. Going to and, get the charm. And, and so Sandra, <clears throat> yesterday, Tasha's first, she her first time entering into our office was around, into the building was around 12, 15 yesterday. Into our office is approximately around 12, 45, 1 o'clock. Uh-huh. And Sandra had a meeting with um our transportation people, and she pulled Tasha in immediately. No problem, because that's what you normally do. And she's having a conversation and explaining stuff to Tasha. But because I know Sandra so well, Sandra is communicating. She's very open and communicating with her, you know, trying to, um, as if she's giving her, you know, keeping her abreast of giving her information about what we do. But Sandra is really trying to see what this lady knows and whether or not she feels this woman is competent. So she's making her think, I'm feeding you or I'm giving you information, but I'm really trying to see what what type of credibility you have Mm -hmm. and whether or not you're really worth having this position. I said, man, I just watched it. I said, Lord, this is a whole. I said, here we go. Ding! In this corner. Right. Because, see, they gave Ilma a hard time. Ilma worked. Ilma has been with us. This is a new new person, so this is a new strategy that she's trying to form, Sandra. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's deceptive. Do believe that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all under deception. So, uh, you know, I was like, Lord, here we go. I don't know how these folk over here finna handle this, but it's finna be on and popping. And I agree with you. You know, she won't really figure who, you know, figure out that I'm not against her or I am a, I guess I'm a safe person until later on because she's still trying to feel her way through and figure people out. Makes sense, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'm not the one to ever try to share and divulge anything. I'm going to have to allow you to learn it on your own, figure it out on your own. 
Because, see, people going to feed you anyway. They're going to feed you what they want you to eat. And you have to figure out whether or not, you know, you're going to figure out after you consume enough of it whether or not it digests well and settle, you know, fits well with your system, whether you should consume it anymore. So, but, uh, yeah, buddy, it's on and popping. Because Sandra already said, because she didn't even get an interview, that she talked thinking about trying to sue because she applied for the position, but she didn't even get an interview. So she already pissed off about not getting an interview. So I already know she don't feel that this person is competent enough. Because if I know Sandra, she's going to do enough research. And Sandra has always hidden behind policies, protocols, and things of that nature. She's getting ready to do the same thing. She's going to work it out, I'm telling you. And she's getting ready to document it. <laughs> Okay. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, I mean, this is a whole new dynamic. Have you ever seen Mean Girl? I've seen some of it, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. my office is Mean Girls, the silver edition, old folks. <laughs> right, right, the old, the old, the, the Cougar Town version. Right, right. <clears throat> So, yeah, buddy. Mm. All right, want me for your prayer? Yeah. All right. Oh, Boroshik, oh, Jesus Christ and Nazareth. Oh, Shakaram, Borandi, Shirikumbu, Sandaraku. More than come pray for Erica. <clears throat> I didn't do my Wonder Woman powers again. Yeah, do your Wonder Woman powers. Okay, she just Wonder Woman turn. Now she's in the center. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. And you know I got this. But you still won't give it all to me. Hello? Mm. I got Okay, I'm listening. I thought, I thought maybe you went somewhere else. but She said, I got this. You know I got this, but you still won't give it all. Oh, you're talking about a reference of God having it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did you hear that? All right, woman, I'm about to pray for you. Would you like, really, some more? 
See, he stopped me from praying for you before because I wasn't going to pray for you. I'm going to empower you. So now, are you ready for that? I'm ready. Father God, begin to fill her with your presence. Empower her. Flow inside of her. Uplift her and transform her. Yes, there it is, going inside of your spirit, man. Mm-hmm. Going inside deeper, 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 deeper. Yes, Father, there, that's right there. That's where you need to go. That's where you need to go. That's the power of God flowing. That's the strength and the anointing of Christ flowing. Speak to her heart, Lord. Understand that she is chosen a vessel. Understand that she is yielding to you. Understand that your word is causing a transformation, a shift to come forth in her life, Lord. Hold on to her, Father. Love her, Lord. Oh, shout out God died. Bless her abundantly. In Jesus' holy name it is so. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. Pray for the infamous Tony Eisner. Tony Eisner. The Eisner family. Eisner. Eisner, right? Eigner. Eigner. E i g n e r. Oh, Eigner. Oh, okay. I am pray for Tony, 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 He's going to let him walk around and do his thing and walk in what he thinks he knows, and he's leading right back to the beginning point. So he's literally walking in a circle. He doesn't quite see it or understand it, but he thinks he's doing what he wants and needs to do, which he is and all that, but it's, all it is is re- leading him right back to the starting point. So now, now that you've done all this adjustment, now that you've done all this moving and all these other things, you are now back to start starting block A. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? He's going to keep repeating till he sees, understands, and receives, and then God will allow him to go forward. But right now, all he's doing is going in a big, her- big circle and coming all around to starting block A and what do you want to do? <sighs> Anybody else? It's amazing when we try to get away from something and we figure that we uh <clears throat> we're doing things to um address whatever it is or whatever we think it is. And we've not done our done nothing but brought ourselves back to point A. Yep, pretty much. Mm. Who? No, I haven't talked to Whitney or Monica. I am praying for my child. You want to pray for my child, Erica? Yeah, I'm 
Here she is. Don't disclaim me, Erica. You know I'm yours too. I pray. I pray for our child. Lord, this is gonna go down in history. <laughs> Take it while you can, cause you know you're gonna piss her off, and she's gonna. <laughs> well, you know, I'm used to that. Look, I get that from my natural born children. <laughs> Look, what they say instead of saying, uh, I ain't they mama, they talk to each other talking about, well, did you hear what your mama said? So they disowned <laughs> Your mama did this. So they disowned me just the same. It ain't never love. I'm, I'm used to it after 30 years now. Okay, well, you know. All right. Amen. Oh, thank you, gracious Father. Be happy. You know, God shines a light upon you. And it's just like, I see, you know, how I see you is like you um, have an afro, a big afro, and you're um, looking above and you have the hugest smile on your face. You know, so God is, <clears throat> you acknowledging, you know, God in your life and the fact that you're in, you know, this place of uh, a lot of vibrant things going on. Um, and you are, it's like you're at a place in your life that, with all the things that have happened and all the, you know, the I guess the disappointments and heartaches that you feel about being a child, you have come to um, a place to where you are accepting who you are in God and accepting the things um, that have taken place in your life, you know, that it won't prevent you or stop you from, you know, persevering and you know, being the person that God desired and created you to be and the person that you desire to be because, you you know, um, in your, you know, for your age, and I guess just this human nature, we have our own aspirations. And so um, you are in that place now that those things in your life concerning your mom and all of that does not hinder you as it did before. It's not a, uh, it's not a crutch for you anymore. And, you know, you embrace it, you know, and not that it doesn't, you know, um, it doesn't come with any thought or heartache to you, but it's like you have come to a place to where you're now um, more comfortable and have, you know, more understanding of things and how they, you know, have transpired in your life. And you embrace them and you embrace God. 
Eshitara Mukoshara, Eshitara Hatira Mukoshara, Eshitara Hatira Mukoshara, Koshitara Hatira Mukoshara. And I will be with you, Eshara Mukoshara, Eshitara Hatira Mukoshara, Eshitara Hatira, Eshitara Hatira Mukoshara. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, mother, go ahead and pray for me. All right, it's a Sunday affair. It's a Sunday affair. Amen. Is she done a hasida makoshara? Totoro makoshira zeitera hasida makoshita zeitera. Koso toro hosoro. もうちょっとの星だ。消したら走るもこしょうとろ、ついてる。消したら走るもこしゃったし。消したら走るもこしゃったら。消したら走るもこしゃった。消したら走るもこしゃった。消したら走るもこしゃった。消したら走るもこし
Totoro Mokoshira, Sitara Hasira Mokoshara, Keshitara Hasira Mokoshara, Koshitara Mokoshara. And you, you're going to um, uh, incur some, you know, some little flesh wounds along the way. But none of them will be life threatening. You know, you're going to, you know, some pricks in the skin and things of that nature. You know, it may be a, a gouge here or there that makes you say ouch or you might scream out, but you're going to continue to move forward and push through it. And I guess it's associated with that vulnerability thing we were talking about earlier which you definitely hate to um, display, period. You you will go to anger before anything. But you're going to be, you, you're going to be at a place to where it's no, it's, you know, it will be no longer in your control, so it's going to be, you know, laughter and tears. And victory is yours in the Lord. You just got to keep your head in the game. Keep your head in the game. Okay. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alrighty then. Well, nobody else got nothing. I'm gonna say au revoir. Yeah, All right. I will holler at you later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.